Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to a bonus episode of Cinematic Universe. I'm your host, Joe Cunningham, and joining me is... James Hunt. James, we're here to discuss... Um, well, we, we, we discussed briefly last week. Should we uh, convene and do a, a, a Spider-Man special news episode? Because there's <laughs> loads of Spider-Man news coming out. And yeah, I said, so much Spider-Man news. And I was like, should we, should we wait a day or two? Because it feels like maybe that news hasn't finished rolling out yet. Like, <laughs> there the, the, the might be... I don't know, they might announce, like one more little thing before the end of the week. We went, yeah, sure, we'll do it we'll, we'll do it in a couple of days' time. Completely yeah. forgetting that um Disney were about to talk to their their shareholders. And talk they did. Yes. <laughs> and tweet they did. <laughs> <laughs> and we that were did. both like it kept me awake late until the night that one did. Yeah, we were waiting for the Marvel announcement. <laughs> we we were messaging each other um and, and then it threw into that this morning having a kind of an existential debate about um, <laughs> what what this meant for the film industry. <laughs> 1,000 years of Disney. Um, we should probably start there, right? I, um, I uh, Not not to completely relitigate our discussion that we had, um, but I kind of tweeted this out at the time. We are about to talk about a bunch of Marvel content that I would say for the vast majority, well, no, almost all of it, I am going to watch. The vast majority of it, I'm very excited to watch. It pushes lots of buttons for me. I'm excited. There are there was 90% of the other Disney announcements that came as part of this um, shareholder call, which I couldn't give a shit about. But I'm gonna... I, I, you know, I'm currently a Disney Plus subscriber. I will continue to, because of all of this stuff, be a Disney Plus subscriber. And all of the people who, like me, who are in, uh, you know, uh, who fall under a different brand silo, will <laughs> will be subscribing <laughs> to that service for one of the other, you know, they might be subscribing for Hocus Pocus 2, or they might be subscribing because um, uh, there's a live-action version of Pinocchio directed by Robert Zemeckis and starring Tom Hanks going straight to Disney+. Plus. Or they might be subscribing for, like, six Mandalorian spin-offs. Or they might be subscribing... You know, there's just... There's so... Such a large percentage of our population is going to fall into one of those brand silos, if not multiple of them. And then you, you kind of have the weird like cognitive dissonance of hearing all of these announcements at the same time as they're talking about the handmaid's tale and it's always sunny in philadelphia and an alien tv series from noah hawley um <laughs> that's going to roll out on a different streaming service in the uk called star which is essentially going to be the european version of hulu 
And I just got this, especially in a year where cinemas are closing and lots of these announcements were, this is going to Disney Plus or we're not telling yet. It it felt fairly dystopian to me um, that, you know, we were we weren't talking about the next movie or TV show we were excited about. We're talking about what's the next Disney. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I have sympathy for that, that viewpoint. I'm a bit less, as we discussed, I'm a bit less, uh, doom laden about the idea. Um, I get the feeling you're one of the things that worries you is the state of cinema, right? Well, yeah. I mean, this, this year has, threatened the theatrical experience uh, you know has <laughs> i would has, say it's gone beyond threatening yes it. <laughs> i mean it has completely put it on pause uh, p- potentially never to be resumed um it's like it's like being a fan of a tv show that's on the bubble um you know you're not <laughs> you know you're not getting any more anytime soon and potentially never again yeah. um, <laughs> unless some obscure streaming service comes in to save it hey <laughs> Disney Plus, um, and uh, yes, yeah, so I, 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 I'm kind of worried about the future of theatrical, but I'm also worried about this future where, you know, this this was Disney pivoting to streaming. They talked about it a few months ago um, that they were that that was that was the phrase. I think we're we're pivoting to focus on streaming mm-hmm. rather than anything else. So Disney Plus becomes the priority for a massive global conglomerate. And I, I worry about a future where there is four or five major streaming services that are collecting... Everything? <laughs> well, collecting a big chunk of the of the budget that people are willing to set aside for their entertainment. Mm-hmm. And I worry where the kind of the interesting lower budget films get made i wonder i I worry which i you know i think this was already happening but i worry about the exciting up-and-coming filmmakers who you know essentially gets get either sucked up into the disney stream or you know that or or netflix or you know whatever the platform is because i feel like we're trending towards a a time where there's only going to be four or five of them uh, or four or five major ones, and then and then not much else beyond it. And you know who is who is funding the next. You know who who's who's funding the the next film from someone who's just made a Disney movie uh, or a Disney TV show or a Marvel thing. Like you look at someone like John Watts who made a film Cop Car and then became the Disney guy, and it sounds like he's now going to be making four Disney films now. Did he have an interesting story he wanted to tell himself? Yeah, I, I don't know. There aren't, and there <laughs> we aren't. Never, we may never know. Yeah, yeah. and I, and I worry about the future of the industry, uh, of the entertainment industry, where we are essentially just purchasing our content from these four or five major streaming services, and and that's it. I also worry about what it means for. Um, you know, physical releases of movies, which I know, <laughs> no, James, we also disagree <laughs> on that. I love my physical media. I love my Blu-rays and I've been upgrading to 4K on a lot of them. And 
you think I'm an idiot. <laughs> I don't. I don't think you're an idiot. I just. I. I think you're building a tomb for yourself. So <laughs> media that will become obsolete. But you know, it's it's also a way that that media is kept alive, and I worry, you know, especially with Disney having uh, ownership of the entire Fox back, back catalogue, how much of that we're actually going to get the chance to see again. Because if it's if it doesn't fit under one of their brand silos, then it doesn't end up on a streaming service. And I think the money to be made by re-releasing something on Blu-ray or 4K just isn't there for Disney. And if it doesn't fit their brand values, why would they let it back out into the world? So I, I worry about all of that kind of stuff. I thought it was um, faintly dystopian the way that all of these, that it was just like, and another thing, and another thing, <laughs> and another thing. And you watch like Twitter literally every 30 seconds. I couldn't keep up with the Marvel announcements. Yeah, it was pretty mad. And that was just the bit, that was just the corner I was interested in. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, and yeah, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to watch a lot of it. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm, so I'm part of the problem, but um, yeah, I don't don't know. know. I I guess it's, it's a bit like the sort of retail situation with Amazon, right? Which is that. Yeah. Disney no Disney have this one job that they're doing extremely well in a way that is very good for you as someone who likes it. It doesn't leave a lot of room for any future choice. So like yeah. You can buy anything you want of Amazon. Doesn't mean other shops don't exist, but it means it's very hard for them to get a foothold in places. Yeah, and I you know and and I do wish I was the kind of person that was uh, that would say do you know what I'm not shopping at Amazon because I don't like all of the things that, that all of the you know, side effects from a company getting that that big and successful, mm-hmm. but I but I do, and you know, I kind of I kind yeah. of feel like every every four years or well, who knows now, but normally when a when a um, when a World Cup comes around, I'm like, God, why why would I support FIFA and their wants and corruption and their human rights abuses? And then I, I you know, and then England gets to the semi-finals, and I'm like, ah. Oh, God, I'm in. I'm, I'm in, and they've got, and I'm supporting them. And I wish I wasn't. But hey, I, I mean, I don't think, I don't think we're quite, we're quite at the dystopia point with Disney. I just think it's, um, it's scary that they've been doing this for less than twelve months, and it already feels like at the end of this week, like shit. How are Netflix going to be able to keep up? I do look at Netflix's stuff and go like they they don't have a Star Wars or a Marvel, like no. the best they've got is Mark Miller's you know disparate group of I don't want to say crap but you know <laughs> knock off superheroes. Well, I it 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 did make me speculate this week that well, I I, I don't it wouldn't surprise me if within the next twelve months we hear rumors about. Netflix either being in merger or takeover talks with one of the studios, like Sony has felt like it's been up for sale for years, mm-hmm. uh, because you know the you know we the, there's <sighs> all of those studios are I, I think are ultimately going to want to pivot the way that that Disney has, and mm-hmm. we'll get to in a second the way that Warner Brothers has has tried is is trying to with HBO Max, um, but. Could Universal or Sony potentially be some be be you know something that a streaming service like Netflix would love to acquire slash merge with rather than um, 
rather than just you know be be signing all all of these individual deals and hoping that every few years they'll get a Stranger Things because unless Stranger Things spawns six spin-offs that are all equally successful it's not Star Wars and it's not Marvel and it's not Pixar and it's not Disney classics being remade and spun off and short films yeah it, it's yeah yeah and that's what's and that's what scares me as well that we will just be in this world where it is all franchises and IP and that that closes off the opportunities for the more interesting stuff to exist in the margins where there aren't cinemas for them to make their money and there are the, the smaller streaming services can't fund the budgets themselves oh we'll see James we'll see um let's let's before we get to Disney let's talk about Warner Brothers and HBO Max because that that announcement for anyone that didn't see it um, it was originally announced that Wonder Woman would be debuting day and day in theatres and on HBO Max in the US um, this year. On, on Christmas Day right? On Christmas Day um, it's still theoretically getting a, well no it is getting a cinema release in the UK this week mm-hmm. um, not that anyone can go and see it. No Um uh, <laughs> London's going into tier three, so that pretty much scuppers, I would imagine, a, a, a large amount of the box office revenue that it could have hoped to have gotten in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, that's that's why Warner Brothers were looking at this in the first place and going, right, HBO Max, this could be this could be an option. We release it day and date, uh, and and kind of sell our streaming service in in the process, um, the way that it looked like. You know, well, that Disney Plus has kind of tentatively moved towards its points this year with the um, premium access for Mulan and announcing that Soul, the latest Pixar movie, was also going straight to Disney Plus on Christmas Day. So that was the Wonder Woman plan. And then kind of out of the blue, and not just to us it seemed out of the blue, <laughs> um, they announced that their entire 2020 slate would be going day and day on HBO Max in the US. Yeah, with a with a sort of vague commitment that it was only the 2020 slate, you know, just because mm. of the, the 2021 slate, sorry. Sorry, yes, that was, yeah. you're just, correcting Just because of the circumstances, <laughs> which, if you believe that, I have several bridges I would like to sell you. Yeah, so, you know, with, with all of the Marvel stuff, uh, sorry, all of the Disney Plus stuff, that all of those announcements were, there was a few that they were committing to, we still plan to release this theatrically. There was a lot of stuff that was saying this is just going to Disney Plus, and then there was other stuff that they just didn't say. Because... For example, Rogue Squadron, the, yes. the Star Wars film from Patty Jenkins, coming is... to something, mm. maybe cinemas, maybe streaming. They're going to wait and see. And it's I imagine keeping tight-lipped on it. And I imagine that when they have been working up contracts this year with talent um, mm-hmm. to you know to greenlight these films, they have written in those contingencies. Something that Warner Brothers hasn't done with any of their 2021 <laughs> slate. And also they didn't apparently let their filmmakers and kind of key talent know that this decision was coming. So we already seen Christopher Nolan speak out. It, not that he not that he has a film, but obviously he is kind of the poster boy for Warner Brothers. He is mm-hmm. there. He is one of their in kind of an old old Hollywood throwback style. He's one of their in-house filmmakers, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um who gets this blank check to make whatever, um, you know, kind of whatever original movies he makes for $200 million every few years, which no other filmmakers have. Mm -hmm. And if you can't keep that guy happy, 
uh, things are going badly. It sounds like this is a decision that has come down from AT&T, who own Warner Brothers. Um, and they they apparently haven't been very talent-friendly over the past few years, and um, just about everyone involved in this felt blindsided. So Denis Villeneuve, who um, is the director of the upcoming Dune movie, has just spoken openly about you know how it feels like a slap in the face and <laughs> i think the phrase he used was that he didn't want uh the cinematic experience he'd created to become a lost leader for a what was it like the fourth worst streaming service or something he said yeah well and, and that's part that's part of the issue here right hbo max had, had a disastrous launch you know yeah. not quite not quite quibby-esque but not far <laughs> off um it, it failed to get an agreement in with various um, platforms in the US like Roku. So there's a lot of services and a lot of customers who just don't have access to HBO Max yet. Um, and then those that do haven't necessarily chosen to sign up yet. Um, yeah. So Warner Brothers are hoping that this will be a shot in the arm. But And, and you know, for our, for our purposes on this podcast, it concerns films like The Suicide Squad, um, there was others, wasn't there, James? Was there others? Or was it just the I Suicide mean, Squad? The the Snyder Cut's coming to um, HBO that, Max. Which was, yes, but that but will, It always you know, was, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> God, and hasn't it always felt like it was? <laughs> <laughs> um, which, you know, Zack Snyder didn't, didn't feel like he was defiling the cinematic experience, ironically. Um, and... Uh, and and yeah it sounds like a lot of filmmakers are unhappy it sounds like a lot of um, talent agents representatives are unhappy and that potentially some litigation is going to come because I think there was one of the examples they were giving was uh, it's the Godzilla Kong movie uh, Godzilla vs King Kong um, that they had already explored earlier in the year selling it to um netflix and that netflix had made some offer kind of in the region of 250 million dollars something like that and legendary who co-financed the movie with warner brothers wanted to do it and warner brothers said no and then without consulting legendary warner brothers made the decision to put it on hbo max to which i think legendary were saying well well hang on <laughs> what about our money we could have got $250 million. What What are you valuing this at? Yeah. Because none of our contracts have anything in there that that accounts for this. And does this not essentially amount to, like, you know, insider trading, essentially? Like, it's, <laughs> right? it's, it's anti-competitive. Um, and you could be... Not only could you be compromising our, you know theatrical experience that you know the likes of nolan and phil nerve want that you know bottom line you know a lot of these a <laughs> lot, a lot of many yeah well a lot of the talent here might have you know cuts of the gross mm-hmm. um or might have imagined that there was cuts of the gross plus a future on streaming um so you know who knows whether those films end up on there um it feels but, like it's going to take a lot of money to get them there Yes. Like, more than just the will is going to take lawyers and bank accounts. Because apparently another factor in this is that Gal Gadot got a significant chunk of change to agree to allow 
Wonder Woman to debut on HBO yeah, Max. We're talking day. reportedly something like tens of millions, wasn't it? It was a lot yeah. of money. A lot. By any standard. <laughs> and everyone everyone's going, Alright, so where's our where's our gal pay day? <laughs> yeah. Um so that's that's HBO Max. Disney Plus was a lot uh, you know, it seems like they are doing a lot better job of liaising with their talent but it's still you know it still blows my mind some of the stuff that they were announcing there just straight to disney plus like you know when when disney plus launched it was okay you you're gonna get the lady in the tramp live action movie <laughs> on there. all the gummy bears hmm. <laughs> you can have that but we're still gonna release stuff like the lion king in cinemas right and mulan we're still gonna release those thousands in cinemas you can have a lady in the tramp and now you've got, like I said, Robert Zemeckis directing Tom Hanks in a Pinocchio movie. Like, Pinocchio, one of the like the iconic Disney films. Mm-hmm. With Robert Zemeckis and Tom Hanks. The, you know, the Forrest Gump guys. <laughs> <laughs> the Castaway guys. The Polar Express guys. Um, <laughs> they're, do- they're doing Pinocchio. And it's going straight to Disney+. Plus. I mean, it is that is very much like the remnants of old Hollywood. Like, those were names. Those were in the eighties and nineties. Yeah, you can get away from Zemeckis and and uh, Tom Hanks, and now here we are. Yeah, it's it's crazy, and I, and I wanted to I wanted to preface the the projects we're about to talk about with all of that because. I think Disney's pivot to streaming and the emphasis they're placing on it is significant. The TV shows we're about to talk about are no longer Agents of Shield equivalents in in any in any capacity, and not just that they are produced by Marvel Studios. They're going to be higher quality, and you and are pro- you know are probably going to be more consequential and more tied into the movies. I, the streaming is the deal now and and I, whereas before we've talked about on the podcast well you know you're not gonna have to see one division to see to understand everything in doctor strange and the multiverse of madness because disney wouldn't want you to do that they wouldn't want to compromise potential box office whereas now i think it's the other way around i think yeah. it's i think it's that you know you could you could maybe skip Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, and not and it not ruin maybe One Division season two for you, right? But I think <laughs> I think you're gonna have to see One Division if you have any fixings on watching Doctor Strange or Spider Man or you know whatever the whatever the shows are, um, Captain Marvel two because it's got um, the, yeah that's Monica what Rambeau I was gonna say it. the um you know just to jump ahead quickly the one that feels most significantly like that for me is the Captain Marvel TV show, which if that character is going to be in Captain Marvel 2... Miss Marvel, sorry. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. sorry. If Miss Marvel is going to be in Captain Marvel 2, like, I find it very hard to believe you'll get a satisfactory introduction in the movie, and they're not going to waste runtime on it, are they? They're just going to have a turn up. Yeah. and and It's it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I, I, I would be... 
I don't know how significant this is going to be with the first wave of TV shows, but the second wave, I think, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think absolutely now you should consider them. You know, no, it's it's not like you're going to have to watch everything because, you know, you, you could turn up to Infinity War and have not seen a few of the movies leading up to that and still broadly get it. But I think you're going to, I think if you're going to want to keep up with the overall narrative in the way that you had before by just watching movies and skipping... Mm-hmm. Agents of Shield, Daredevil, etc. <laughs> I don't. I just. You, you're not going to be able to do that anymore, and you're going to miss pretty major stuff, you know. And 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 all of that kind of that that teaser culture with Marvel, with the you know the the post credit scenes and stuff. I'm you know I'm sure we're gonna we're gonna see. I'm gonna. I'm sure we're gonna see mutant Easter eggs for the next five years on Disney Plus. So I just just. <laughs> just kind of woven it because they've got so much content and so much time and i'm crossing my fingers for that to be honest but yeah <laughs> anyway speaking of time we've been going for 25 minutes and we haven't talked about any of the things yet so <laughs> <laughs> so i'm going to head over to the at disney twitter feed back to december the 11th when they were announcing all of these um at 12 39 in the morning james this was happening <laughs> Um, and we, we are just going to, as much as I want to talk about John Mulaney and Andy Samberg doing a Rescue Rangers live action reboot, um, I, I'm going to talk about just Marvel instead. So Marvel started off by talking about a few, uh, they, they've kind of done them in chronological order, I think. So they started off by talking about a, a bunch of the projects we already knew were happening. So they started off with WandaVision, which will be streaming on Disney Plus from January fifteenth, um, and James, we got a we got another trailer for this. Mm-hmm. Um, it still looks really good. I think it does, and crucially, this trailer had like six whole frames of Cat Dennings in it. <laughs> so you better believe I'm ready for that. <laughs> How much do you think she's in this? Like, do you think she's like a one episode guest star? I yeah, I think <laughs> I think we'll be lucky if she's in it more than those six frames. <laughs> Um, I really, I, I really like the vibe it's going for. It seems like it's going to be um, a fun thing to watch, but also the trailer kind of got me with a like, oh yeah, I wonder who is doing this, mm-hmm. and uh, and whether it's uh, and whether it there is there is a villain or whether the problem is that she's a threat. Yeah, I mean historically for the character. It would fit for her to have, you know, just be under immense stress and be this all be a figment of her own mind. But they did kind of do that already. Well, yeah, quite. Which which makes me wonder. And James, this is where I would like to, um, I'd like to start um, a little bit for, as we go through all of these. Um, <laughs> okay. All of these, I would like us to throw out one piece of wild speculation. For each of these, and like a prediction for what's going to happen in the show, because like, do you remember in the past where like I offhandedly said Nick Nick Fury was a scroll and looked like a genius, <laughs> right? Yeah, okay, we want to engineer we, some of those moments, do if we? we? If we do that for all of these, some of them are going to be right, and okay, then, and the nerds are going to be tweeting us going, guys, you, you got you you said that in the podcast <laughs> on December the fifteenth or whatever, and we'll be okay, like, yeah, 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 genius. So here's here's my random piece of speculation Mm -hmm. in the trailer 
um, Catherine Hahn walks in and she goes, oh, a single woman living on your own. She's like, oh, no, no, I'm married. And then you, it cuts to, like, wedding rings manifesting on her and Vision's hands. And then Vision, I I, I feel like that's mom- the moment where she, like, re-manifests Vision. Mm-hmm. My theory is that Catherine Hahn's character is um, the Doc Ock from Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. <laughs> <laughs> and that this is this is our multiverse thing in this in in, in this she's um she's doc ock because <laughs> because it's Catherine hahn i mean can't rule it out can you i can't rule it out you were right about vision that one time yeah it was the it was the the, mind, soul, soul, the mind stone wasn't it yeah yeah um okay my my speculation is that at some point uh she will bring her brother back to life and then Quicksilver will be back alive again in the MCU. I like that as well. I do like that because... It's not like there are competing Quicksilvers anymore. <laughs> I like that... So who who were our significant deaths across Endgame and Infinity War? Black Widow, Vision, Loki, Heimdall? Uh, Heimdall, yeah. All of those pop up in trailers on this Disney Plus stream, <laughs> <laughs> and yes, one of them do. gets one of them gets name checked. So, <laughs> so yeah, that would make sense. Bring bring someone else back from the dead. Yeah. So Jan fifteenth, I think we're looking forward to that, and we will probably. I mean, James, given that there aren't cinematic releases at the you know anytime soon, we'll probably be covering the Disney Plus content on this show as well. Won't yeah, we? I think so. Yeah, as if it's a movie. Sure. Especially if it arrives in bite-sized chunks. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to. Um, coming straight off of that was uh, n- no footage, but just a reminder that Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is coming. Um, they have said that that debuts on March 25th, 2022, uh, with no confirmation about whether that means Disney Plus or theatres, but I do think for the Marvel stuff, they still intend to release in theatres if they can. Um, starring Benedict Cumberbatch, Elizabeth Olsen, Benedict Wong, Rachel McAdams. Ooh, we didn't know she. <laughs> we didn't know she was back. Um, the, let's let's hope that with Rachel McAdams, they go. We did you dirty the first time. Let's fix that and don't just kind of plod along like they did with Natalie Portman in in Thor. Yeah, it does I'm sort of go- feel like they will have watched that film, the first Doctor Strange, and gone okay, let's give us something to do next time or not bother. And the fact that they're bothering suggests that they've got a reason to bring her back as far as I'm concerned. Or she's contractually obligated. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not convinced. Um, (laughs) Just waving, packing some bags and waving goodbye in the first scene. (laughs) Chiwetel Ejiofor is also back, which I'm, I'm pleased about because I just, I think it's been forgotten about because people didn't love that first movie. I did. Um, But I just, thought he was phenomenal in that and i thought the promise of mordo as this this zealot who had kind of like had just believed in someone so so holy and was you know left feeling like an idiot that that promise of that villain in sequels i was like yes give me more of that and the fact that he's back and there isn't really an announced villain other than him for the sequel, I'm I'm hopeful that the multiverse stuff still means that he's the he's the big bad. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to know how that character is going to intersect with the idea of 
some kind of multiverse. You know, maybe he banishes Doctor Strange there or something. We'll find out on March 25th, March 25th 2022. Um, <laughs> also in the cast, and I, I, I'm going to butch this name, Zuchitl Gomez. It's spelled X-O-C-H-I-T-L, and I, I apologise for not knowing how to, to pronounce that, but I don't. Um, she's playing America Chavez, who, James, I know comics fans fucking love America Chavez. Yeah. I've never... Well... I've never read anything which she is significant in. So could you just give us a, a quick little update on why we should care about America Chavez? Okay, so she was introduced in a miniseries called Vengeance, uh, which was about sort of alternate universe versions of Marvel superheroes. And she got brought back by Gillian and McKelvey for Young Avengers, and they gave her a sort of kind of overhaul and fleshed out her background a bit. And she's kind of descended from the guardians of the multiverse like she has uh two mothers who are i forget what the name is but they they're essentially like multiversal police and her ability is to jump through dimensions right like to create portals and and go in and out of universes seems like this would be a good fit for her yeah (laughs) and she is badass and cool and has like a proper like in your face attitude of taking no shit off anyone uh, am i right in thinking that she's not straight uh and i say that just because i don't know what they yeah they kind of offhandedly revealed at the end that she is not straight i can't remember if they made her bisexual or lesbian but that's why i was yeah. specific <laughs> yeah she's definitely queer put it that way but that's yeah so that's that feels like another important facets that character that you've got you've got a queer superhero joining the cast of of one of one of what now seems like which is crazy to think right that (laughs) the first doctor strange came out in like 2016 he's not he's not gonna have a a sequel for six years (laughs) but when it comes back it does feel like one of the biggest deals in the in the mcu lineup yeah well they successfully built him up as well in infinity war so and uh endgame yeah. And those two movies. So, you know, in especially in the absence of Tony Stark, there's mm. a there's a vacancy in everyone's hearts for a guy with a beard who quips. <laughs> I wonder if they'll bring back the music thing, the weird quirky <laughs> music stuff and the Beyonce jokes. <laughs> uh, that film will be directed by Sam Raimi, which we knew already, and will be tied to WandaVision and the next Spider-Man film. Um, and let's get back to that because, hey, it's interesting that a film directed by Sam Raimi is going to be tying into the next Spider-Man film. Yeah. Uh, so let's let's return to that shortly. Um, the next one, Marvel Studios, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, an original series, starts streaming on March 19th on Disney+. Plus. So I think this was originally supposed to be the first one, wasn't it, James? But um, COVID hit while it was filming, I believe. And mm-hmm. I would imagine that that was the kind of show that relied on you know big sets and lots of moving parts probably a bit more than the vision than one division did yeah i believe it was filming internationally as well and that's part of what the problem was yeah but Um, apparently they've they've got it done and we got a a one minute 50 trailer for this i'll be honest i still don't i still don't really understand what the hook is of the, of the show other than it's it's a a buddy show with the two characters who you've seen spend 
three minutes of combined <laughs> screen time together. I mean, so for me, the logical understanding of it is that it's about two characters sort of grappling with the legacy of Captain America that's been passed on to them, right? Like that, that to me makes sense. The The show is about the absence of Captain America in the Marvel Universe and, and what happens to fill that void. Especially because you've got John Walker, presumably, being the, um, you know, government-sanctioned replacement cap. And then you have these two characters who represent the kind of, you know, the different sides of Captain America. Like the the heroic side and the espionage side. And they're, between them, they can handle... The charismatic side and the boring side. <laughs> <laughs> now, now. <laughs> um, and, you know, the fact that now that Captain America is gone, these two characters don't have their best mate... I mean, he's still alive. That's what I don't get, right? He's still alive. They left him alive at the end of Endgame. Just old. So, is he going to be in a home or something? Like, why can't they just hang out with him? I don't get it, but... I I hope they I hope they just don't show him, right? I mean, I imagine they... Would they kill him off screen? It's well, the that, sort of thing where if again, they don't they address did, it, they did that it's going to be Peggy, hanging over the whole show, right? So... Didn't they? they? They did that with Peggy. Yeah, exactly. Essentially, um, which was to, which was to go right. She's just died. Let's have her a funeral and mourn her. I don't think so, right? I think it just needs to be he one off line. He wanted to be left alone. Yeah, yeah, fair. So we we and yeah, I I don't. I know I know we're expecting. I I think it's been rumored for a while that there will be a Tony Stark scene in Black Widow. And I think that's a shame. And I kind of really hope that we don't see. Yeah, no, Chris I have seen this either. Well. Like we, those characters have been shuffled off. They've been given their endings. Yeah. If we see them again, it's going to feel cheap. And they both got, you know, as in, as improbable as it was, they both got kind of perfect endings. So, yeah, right. Yeah, let's yeah. let's not try and do it again. I thought the the trailer looked fine. There wasn't any. There wasn't any Zemo. Uh, there was a couple of shots of Zemo. No, What's nothing there? in the hood. No. The thing, I mean, the thing about this that concerns me is that the the sort of jokey banter between those two characters in the trailer didn't feel natural to me. I was just like, who are you guys really? Like, why do you care about each other? Like, I, I'd almost prefer it if the show was about those two coming to terms with being stuck, like essentially being left with no one else but each other and just being like, do we get on? Do we know each other? And instead it just feels like he's treating him like Cap and he's treating him like Cap. Do you see what, what I mean? What slightly worries me as well is that it's, yeah, it, it you've got you've got a show that is, it looks like a Russo Brothers movie. And... <laughs> And I worry about that when it's, you know, for as much stick as I give to Russo Brothers, it, you know, it worries me that, you know, it's not the Russo Brothers. And it's, even if this this show has a has a movie budget, it's the length of th- three or four movies. So <laughs> I just worry about it, you know, it's being action heavy and not really having the budget to make it as interesting as it is when you're watching Captain America on, on the big screen. Yeah, I mean the thing the thing that interests me most about it is that it feels like the show that has the most stake in like the spine of the MCU cuz like does it for me it feels like the least it feels like the one that is kind of stuck in what the MCU was. I mean, I see what you mean, but 
like that's still the story right is what happens after avengers and it feels like one division's going to be its own thing pointing towards the next movies i don't know this this feels a bit more epilogue to me like it's going to yeah. be some significant connective tissue and then like also set up those two characters for future movies future avengers movies listen i'm just going to say i hope bucky dies <laughs> <laughs> I hope season two is just called the Falcon. <laughs> I don't know. Like the the big question going into this for me is, like, what's the status of Captain America going to be at the end of this miniseries? Is Falcon going to be Captain America, or is no one going to be Captain America? It has to be one of those two. No it's way is Bucky going to be Captain America. I'll say that much. I, I can't. I kind of just feel like the has it like if that series isn't the story of either Falcon slowly being able to embrace what what you know the kind of the legacy he was handed or the world around him being able to embrace the idea of there being a black captain America mm-hmm. I, I, I don't understand why it would exist otherwise. Because to, yeah. to give to give that promise at the end of Endgame and then not fulfil it and have someone else. I mean, I mean that's, I, the, that's the weird thing about the trailer, isn't it? That, like, at the end of Endgame, he's got the shield. And then next next time we see it, it's in a locked cabinet somewhere. Yeah. And then later on, someone else has it. Like, what did he do? Did he hand it to S.H.I.E.L.D. and be, or, like, the US government? And be like, oh, I guess this is yours now. Steve I think Rogers gave it to him. I think there, I, I think there is a really interesting and ambitious story that could be told around Falcon being Captain America. Um, and you know, I, I, I read a bit in the comics when they did Sam Wilson as Captain America, but I think it's it's more it it would feel more vital in twenty twenty to go. You know, what if we what if we had this black character become this icon? this this american icon and you know it, it with with all of the protests and stuff this year and you know of lots of you know corporate brands and and celebrities and you know we've we've all got black tiles on our instagram and like but yet the world seems to be saying we want this thing but not really following through with the the, the proper mm-hmm. actions to address it well that's uh, the it, thing isn't it like there's a there's this whole idea that like uh, Captain America isn't political. He represents like a sort of American ideal. And it's like, well, how are you going to feel if that American ideal is black? Because being mm. black in America is inherently political, right? Yeah. And, and I think, you know, the one of the things that I liked best about Captain America in the MCU was him, you know, this, this guy from a world of, uh, you know, excuse the pun in this context, but this guy from a world of black and white waking up in a gray world. Mm-hmm. And not and not kind of not knowing who the good guys were, the bad guys were. Everything's more messy now. I think that would be I think that would be really interesting as well to explore for for a character for for a Captain America who's supposed to represent America to go. Actually, half of this country doesn't want me to represent them, and and I'm not sure I want to represent them. Yeah, well, you know, John Walker's out there, so. Maybe mm. maybe that conflict will be addressed. I hope so. Fingers crossed. If that's what the show is, I'm much happier. I just I I don't know what what Bucky's doing in it. <laughs> <laughs> you, we'll you, see. Tell, you tell them, Sam. <laughs> <laughs>
okay, we'll move on to uh, the next one, which was uh, Black Widow, which we've obviously already seen a bunch of trailers for this. I can't uh, believe this film is still coming out in cinemas. Still coming out in cinemas, um, May 7th, 2021. Um, and it just says, chronicles Natasha Romanoff's efforts to deal with her history as a spy long before she became an Avenger. I think we've um, said, said as much as we can say about this movie until it actually comes out. The only other thing that I want to say, because I'm not sure I've said it enough on this podcast, I've, Florence Pugh. <laughs> <laughs> now, I I really like Florence Pugh. Um, it seems clear to me that this movie is, is not only going to be a Black Widow movie, it's going to be about setting her up as whether she's called Black Widow, but it's going to be setting her up as the, the replacement new Black Widow, yeah. in the MCU. And... Yeah having someone at that talented in one of these roles i think is going to be really beneficial to marvel for the next 10 or 15 years and if they can sell the emotional connection between those two characters in this film which i think they'll be able to because scarlett hansen and florence Pugh are both great um mm-hmm. then you know that that will help some way you know to do that kind of seamless handover from one character to another that we've talked about being so tough elsewhere about can you just do another iron man can you just do another captain america uh whereas i think for black widow the answer is is maybe going to be yeah you can <laughs> yeah. so we'll we'll see um it, they're still not putting uh, ray winston in any of the any of the promotional stuff here which i mean i'm assuming at this point he's taskmaster um just because they haven't revealed that character's face and Ray Winston hasn't been given a character that he's played. Uh, <laughs> and in which case, I can't, I mean, I'm really looking forward to it because it, it, I always find there is <laughs> this weird disconnect between Ray Winston, the guy that's in the Bet365 adverts, you know? Because <laughs> uh, he's always he's always got an advert. <laughs> and, the guy, and, and, you know, the Hollywood actor. And, um, yeah, I think... I think, you know, the, the idea of a blockbuster culminating potentially with David Harbour and Ray Winston fighting on the top of a train in Russia or something like that is <laughs> just too delicious to pass up. So um, fingers crossed that we are in a place by May that that can be released in theatres worldwide. Um, but that's certainly the plan for Marvel. Sure. Uh, next up is Loki, an original series from Marvel Studios. It's coming May 2021. Um and we got our first look at this, James. We did. I'm very excited because I love Tom Hiddleston. However, I don't know. Part of me doesn't love that it's like a time-displaced original Avengers Loki and not the one we have come to love. I don't know how I feel about that. I know what you mean. But he's also the fun Loki, right? <laughs> <laughs> Like the other Loki was fun, was 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 a good character to have around in the stories, but he'd he'd reached the end of an emotional journey, and um, you couldn't do the show with him. Now the question is, should you have brought back the character at all? Um, but they have, so um, yeah. I, you know, if it, if it's if it's a Tom Hiddleston show, then. I can live with that. But you're right, it is, it, it's the one that kind of just conceptually you go, oh. Um, 
Does any of this, does the stuff we see in the trailer, James, does that seem familiar to any kind of story that the comics have done? I mean, there's the the vote Loki moment is uh, like that look is taken out of a, a comic that was called Vote Loki. Yeah. Um, so I guess you can look there for some, for some inspiration. Um, the, the Owen Wilson character. From the when... Time Variance Authority. Yeah, so is that is that a thing? Well, is his character a thing? When it, with closed captioning on, I see that his name is Mobius M. Mobius. He is a character people will recognise. Um, the interesting thing is that <laughs> he's based on a Marvel editor. Okay. When he was in the comics, he was based on a character called Mark... A character. based on an editor called Mark Grenwald, who was like the sort of legendary figure in early 90s Marvel. Um, who sadly died of a heart attack while Marvel was going through some extremely bad financial times. So if you've ever read uh, Sean Howe's book, uh, Marvel Comics, The Untold Story, there's a, there's like a whole segment in there, you know, essentially saying that the financial problems Marvel was going through were the reason that Mark Grenwald had this sort of stress-induced heart attack. Like, it's pretty grim stuff um, for someone who is keenly missed even today. So, I mean, it's kind of, it's fun that he's... <laughs> being brought to life in this way the character the character mobius and mobius is minor though it's not right okay it's not like it points to really interesting storylines or anything and then it looks like also around there's uh i, I didn't spot him in the trailer he might be in there you can tell me if i'm wrong there's richard e grant um google and Bathoror is it looks like she's the head of this agency mm-hmm. uh whereas owen wilson's more of a agent slash grunt and then we see like Loki off on various different missions. So you reference the the vote Loki. There is a sequence that looks like Loki is DB Cooper, the guy who jumped out of a plane with a bunch of money and then mysteriously disappeared. Yeah, I don't think Americans know that the rest of the world doesn't give a shit about DB Cooper. <laughs> I've seen that that be referenced in so many TV shows, and I'm just like, listen, we don't care. Do we? Do we have a? Do we? The Brits have a version of DB Cooper. What's the? <sighs> The Lindbergh baby? Was that us? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lord Lucan, Lord Lucan. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm going to take us back onto firmer ground. Um, there's also a shot of what looks like Black Widow at, <laughs> on Vormir. Was it Vormir? Is that right? Uh, there, I mean, there was a big crash ship. It looked a bit Vormir-esque, certainly. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. Maybe they're, maybe they're doing a thing there. I mean, it, it also... If we if we just tie up these release dates, Black Widow is out May seventh. Loki debuts on Marvel Marvel Plus at some point in May, so maybe there's a tie in there. It does feel like a piece of cross promotion, doesn't it? Yeah, um, it looks fun. Uh, I don't I, it, it, I don't think it needs to exist, but Tom Hiddleston's so good with that character that I get it. And and also now that it is one one chunk of this like massive tapestry of disney plus shows it makes more sense to me than when it was like one of the two that was announced right at the start yeah because when they just announced those first couple i was like oh like okay (laughs) didn't you just kill him (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so that that one looks fun because it's tom hiddleston Um, my uh, my mad prediction for loki by the way is we stopped doing the mad predictions (laughs) (laughs) well i assume we weren't doing them for the (laughs) <laughs> for the films and TV shows that were already announced. Did we, but... did we do one for Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Uh, I, pre- I predict that Bucky dies. There we go. 
That's my mad prediction for that. <laughs> um, for Loki, I think my mad prediction is that it will end with with either Kid Loki or Richard E. Grant Loki. Something like that. With a, di- with a different character as With Loki. a different Loki. Yes. Because I think there is there's value in having a new Loki around who isn't Tom Hiddleston. And I, I sort of can't imagine him coming back for season two on this. Yeah, I like that prediction. I'm gonna, I'm, I, I don't think I can do better, so I'm going to leave it there. Sure. Uh, okay. Uh, the next one is What If? Space, time, reality. It's more than a linear path. So, again, this, this feels like a, a good... Um, a good platform for Marvel to normalize audiences with multiverses even further. Um, <laughs> you've got literally, you've got Watu the Watcher explaining what multiverses are at the start of it. So Yes, it's a prism of endless possibility. <laughs> I love Jeffrey Wright. He's he's great casting. Um, this this is the one on this list that I'm like, I don't know whether I'll watch it. I, 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 are you I'll, kidding me? Yeah, I'm no, so I'll, excited for this one. Uh, this is the one that I, I like... I mean, because obviously, you know, it's it's not in continuity. It doesn't really matter. Um, and maybe I'll watch the the Peggy episode because it it's Hayley Atwell. But the, the animation looks a, a bit naff. Um, and I'll probably I got real strong animatrix vibes from it, which <laughs> which is great. The animatrix which, is the second best matrix thing. No, which is very hit and miss. That's that's the thing about the, the animatrix. It's like, yeah, that that episode is absolutely worth worth dialing in for. Some of the others are, you know, you would never need to even think about them ever again. <laughs> um, so I, what I'll probably do is wait and see what people say about this before I dive in. And if if everyone's like, I oh, know it's great, I will. This to me, um, it looks very comicsy and full of genuine nonsense and that is what i am looking forward to most i i've got to say it really tickled me and, and i agree i just i it, it has such a strong comicsy vibe but it, it really tickled me when jeffrey Wright goes follow me and dare to face the unknown <laughs> and ponder the question what if <laughs> wait i do people ponder that question <laughs> You all know that when you were watching Endgame, you were thinking, what if Captain America was a zombie right now? (laughs) (laughs) The thing I'm looking forward to most is that Peggy episode. If only because, like, when I was watching it, it was only when it was animated and she had the Union Jack shield, I was like, of course, she's going to be Captain Britain, not Captain America. Captain Brexit. (laughs) (laughs) But So I like the idea of there being a Peggy Carter Captain Britain in the sort of marvel canon because that means she'll blatantly turn up in the comics where captain britain is like a whole thing in the multiverse like he's the every multiverse has a captain britain who's responsible for protecting uh i mean protecting britain's interests but also guarding the multiverse (laughs) i mean i i imagine she will be protecting the allies interests i can't imagine this is gonna work Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm hoping it bleeds into the comics. So that's my prediction for what if is that the the Captain Britain Peggy Carter turns up in the comics later. Yeah, well, and my my prediction for what if is that one of one of these things will end up being in uh the multiverse of madness, right? Okay. <laughs> that you'll you'll skip you'll skip past one of the realities where that's the case. Um 
you know, especially, you know, looking over at the Star Wars stuff and that, you know, they did all of the, they did all of those animated shows, the, the Clone Wars shows and that, and then the Mandalorian started crossing over with it. And now actually like you've got loads of live action versions of these characters who were, you know, potentially going to be written out of canon, but now aren't. And it feels like a, an, another potential avenue for Kevin Feige to just go, oh, people liked that thing. They really liked <laughs> that thing. Let's, um... Yeah, let's let's just let's just fly past that one version where I don't know. Yeah, maybe it is Peggy as Captain Britain, and we get another we get Haley Atwell cameo for two minutes in, in <laughs> Doctor Strange. Great. Okay. Uh, so the next one, um, I don't think there was any new news here. Uh, it is that production has wrapped on Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. That will be um, released in theaters in July 2021. So, if theaters do reopen next year, we're gonna we're gonna get some Marvel. You know, May May and July for those first two um, with Black Widow and Shang Chi. Um, I think we already knew the cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't mean there's a, there is anyone new in there, but yeah, um, I'm looking forward to Shang Chi. We do just because we know so little about it. Yeah, um, I'll be looking forward to the trailer. Um, okay, so I, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's anything we can talk about there. So we will move on to Miss Marvel, a newer character to Marvel Comics, has grabbed the world's imagination, and we are excited to announce Iman Vellani as Kamala Khan. Yeah, Miss although... Marvel, an original series from Marvel Studios, is coming late 2021. Which I, which was this? I mean, I knew they'd started filming, but hey, it's coming out. Yeah, coming it feels out quick, this, doesn't it? Yeah, next year. The the concern with that is that. Like, I don't know the full controversies, but I gather there have already been a lot of concerns about the casting. Like, the the lead actress has some questionable political opinions. There are some controversies about um, casting, like, Pakistani, uh, Indian actress of Pakistani and a different type of Muslim as another Muslim character. Like, it's... I, I haven't investigated fully, but Twitter has been very upset about a lot of stuff about Ms. Marvel. There was, a, well, a, a corner of Twitter, right? Yeah. And it's 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 really difficult to pass that from the outside because I, I know I, I saw a little bit of it that you, that you shared, James, and <laughs> it was difficult to know who was being talked about at various given times. I mean, like, I think something like if you've, if you've got a, prominent actor in the show who and i you know and i don't know whether this is true or not but has a um has a history of um being accused of of sexual sexual assault that feels like something that i'm like okay irrefutably that sounds like it's a bad idea and you probably shouldn't have cast that guy in your show stuff like um (laughs) the lead actress being an anti-vaxxer i mean that's just hollywood right there are enough of them around yeah, that and 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 you know, there's there's going to be one in the Black Panther sequel. Um, yeah, don't remind me. And, and and then there's stuff that I just don't feel qualified enough to talk about, which is you know, um, does someone who's one type of Muslim being cast as a character who's a different type of Muslim? I don't, I don't, I don't know if that is a is a big deal. I know if it was one type of Christian being cast to play a different type of Christian, no one would give a shit. But that's that's because that's that's a culture that I understand and I, and I don't. This well, also the, the context of Chris, like being a Catholic hasn't really mattered for about 400 years. 
being yes. Catholic versus Protestant. Whereas, you know, certain types of Muslims are victimized in different ways to other yeah. types of Muslims. So it's tough. The, I just the don't, problem I, just I have, <laughs> the problem I have is that it's very hard to like cut through the discourse and find out who's legitimately upset and who is acting in bad faith because they want to pile on Marvel, for example. Like you yes. get a lot of that with Snyder fanboys, you know, going after James Gunn because they want to give them flack for, you know, perceived slights rather than because they're actually upset about anything. And I think particularly in this case, there will be a lot of bad faith people who will be, you know, you saw it with Captain Marvel. Yeah, where yeah, exactly. People want... People wanted the female superhero to fail. Mm-hmm. Now, think about the Pakistani Muslim teenage version of Captain Marvel. Right. And how, and how many people are going to be invested in this show failing. Yeah. So, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I can't pass judgment on any of, well, on the majority of the outside stuff. I don't know how, how true any of it is. What I will say is the show does seem to be placing an emphasis on having the having creative voices who understand that community mm-hmm. so it surprises me that there are that there are that many controversies already <laughs> given that you yeah. know given that they given that they seem to be wanting to have authentic voices who understand those issues involved in the process um we we've seen very little of Iman Vellani, but she just she she kind of looks right for that character. Mm-hmm. She she to me has um a, a, a little bit of a vibe of Haley Steinfeld. Um, just looking at her, um, who we're going to be talking about later. Um, and also she reminds me a little bit of um. I think her name's Auli Cravalho, who played, uh, who voiced Moana, mm-hmm. and has gone on to do, you know, a pop up in a in a few live action pro- projects since then. Which is to say, I think she's got like a the, the face of someone who I'm like, yeah, that uh, that looks like someone who could seamlessly who could seamlessly slide into the MCU, which is which is great because you know because <laughs> that's what she's going to be asked to do. And that yeah, this character this character needs to be able to do that, and she is. She we we I think we talked about this a number of times in the past, but I read you know probably like the first twenty or thirty issues of Miss Marvel comics, and it really did seem like a Spider Man story, but a Spider Man story that was speaking to a group of people who Spider Man hadn't necessarily spoken to in the past. Mm-hmm. And I really hope that this that this show does succeed and that it does address the issues that it potentially has, um, because I think it will be better for Marvel to have a character like this on the small screen and 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 you know as you mentioned on the big screen because that you know the very next piece of information is that Brie Larson's returning in Captain Marvel two, divide, directed by Nia DaCosta, which had already been leaked out but not formally announced. Uh, Iman Vellani is going to be in that with her and um, Tiana Paris who's playing Monica Rambeau who also shows up in WandaVision and that's coming out November 11th 2022 in theatres um, yeah what what was interesting to me James from a, from a kind of from the brief bits of footage we got here is 
And I wondered, because uh, I was surprised they were doing Miss Marvel this soon, because we haven't had a present day Captain Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, well, how would this girl know about Captain Marvel? <laughs> <laughs> Whereas I guess, I don't know whether it's, I don't know whether you're going to be able to have a fun kind of twist here that she's going to be, I fucking love Captain Marvel. I idolize her. She's the best. And everyone's like, <laughs> you what? Who? Captain- yeah. Who? She's like, Captain Marvel, she was there. She was there when the Avengers fought Thanos. I mean, Iron Man and Spider-Man and Captain America and Hulk and Thor were all there. <laughs> Who are you talking about? I mean, I guess we don't know what happened during the five years where Captain Marvel was, you know, pursuing various interests around the universe. Yeah, uh, and whether Kamala Khan was, was there or <laughs> Was not. around at the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that I thought was interesting. Um and the other thing, I think it's fairly safe to assume that they're not going to do her comic book origin, which is that she is an inhuman who is activated by the Terrigen Mist. Yeah, which makes me wonder what they're going to do. Like, who knows? She's, she's not going to be a mutant, right? She's not she going to be a mutant, no. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. What she is, is, and you know, for anyone who doesn't know Miss Marvel, she embiggens. She's kind of, she's, she's, she, it's not necessarily that she's stretchy like Mr. Fantastic, but she can kind of, she she can elongate and make bigger different isn't isn't she an all-purpose metamorph like i'm sure i've i haven't read many ms marvel comics but i'm sure i saw a scene of her like transforming herself fully to look like ms marvel was i imagining that maybe maybe eventually she's got that far i don't know i don't think she was when i was reading but that was i you know i did i did stop a few a good few years ago now sure um, and she also, from the comics I read, she was also really good. She seemed to be a really good fit with a lot of other Marvel characters because she fangirls out with the older ones and just kind of chums up to the younger ones. Yeah, she um, was on uh, the Champions with Mars Morales. Yeah. 
and various other young superheroes. A young Nova and Viv Vision. Yep, Kid yeah. Vision, Vision Kids, whatever he was called. <laughs> uh, so that yeah, so fingers crossed, Miss Marvel because she's gonna be um, she's gonna be on screen a lot. I think over the next five or six years. Next project is one that I was kind of surprised we didn't see anything of. Um, Eternals, an epic story spanning thousands of years. Uh, I think we knew all this already, but directed by Chloe Zhao, starring Richard Madden, Gemma Chan, Kamel Anjani, Lauren Ridloff, Brian Terry, Henry, Salma Hayek, Liam McHugh, Don Lee, Barry Keegan, Kit Harrington, and Angelina Jolie. I mean, still, every time I read it, I'm like, Fuck, that's a hell of a cast. <laughs> Um, but we still don't really know anything about it. And it's the one that, you know, of all of these projects that we're talking about and all of these new characters that we haven't seen before, they all seem to be like popping up in multiple things. It's still out on its own, isn't it? it theoretically, it's still out on its own. I wonder whether, you know, when we do, and, and who knows when we do see it, because this doesn't have an, a, have a release date attached to it. Um, but when we do see it, is it going to be, you know, are, are we then going to find out that, ah, right, okay, Kamel Nanjiani's in, uh, in, in She-Hulk or whatever, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, right, the Eternals as a concept is sort of unmoored from the rest of the Marvel Universe anyway. So it's not like you have Eternals hanging out with the X-Men and the Avengers all the time. It happens very rarely that they intersect, but because... When they were created, they were this, like, you know, Jack Kirby, here you go, Jack, you can write your own book for a change. Mm. Um, And so because they were a passion project of his, they sort of, people left them alone, they don't turn up very often. They are, they're releasing a new Eternal series next year to sort of tee them back up for the Marvel Universe. Um, Yeah. Neil Gaiman wrote one that was you know, about as good as Neil Gaiman's Marvel work ever is, which is to say it was okay. Hmm. Um, so I can see why they're not suddenly diving in with like, hey, it's the Eternals and they're hanging out with Doctor Strange and stuff, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I would say if they're going to turn into anything, it feels most like they would turn up in Shang-Chi somehow. Which I was going to say, that was the that was the other one that really, that that doesn't have much connection to the others yet, other than you know, we're aware of the Ten Rings. Yeah. So there might be, I don't know, there might be some Iron Man legacy there. But actually, that's one that kind of feels like it would make sense that it could stand on its own. It's, you know, it's... it's Yeah, it's if, you're gonna, if you're going to tie that into anything, it feels like it would be like the sort of Netflix shows because it's that level of superhero. I mean, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think they will. But if you were going to, that would be the space it fits in. Like, I'm sort of surprised it's a movie and not a TV show, even. You know, maybe if it was announced today, it wouldn't have been. Yeah. Um, I need to double back. My uh, Miss Marvel prediction is that her powers co- uh, come from the same event that created the Fantastic Four. Ooh, okay. So I think... Where do I think her powers are going to come from? I think her powers will have... Uh, I think she comes back from the snap and her powers are just there and she doesn't know why and the mystery of how she got them is part of her character. I like it. My Eternals prediction is we haven't seen the footage yet because the trailer is going to release is going to reveal kind of the 
the counter to them, which is you know all of the all of the bad Eternals. I can't remember what they call <laughs> the deviants. The deviants, yeah. I think we're going to get the reveal of the deviants, and yeah, I don't know, like maybe maybe some of our heroes are actually deviants, and and there's some cool cast members yet to be announced. That's not a very exciting prediction, but that's that's, uh, my that's why we haven't seen it yet. My prediction for Eternals is that just they will make this one movie and everyone will immediately lose interest and we'll never see them again because that's what <laughs> happens with every Eternals comic series. <laughs> Everyone goes, ah, okay, it wasn't very good, was it? And that's, I mean, that is what happened with the in, the Inhumans movie. <laughs> right. Uh, which then became the TV show. Which, imagine which... the Eternals are like if the Inhumans were boring. <laughs> it's a good cast, James. It's, it's a, a good, great cast. It's a it's great a good cast. director. <laughs> okay, we'll see. Ah, oh, James, this next one. This next one's good. Jeremy Renner returns to Star Wars Hawkeye. <laughs> Yeah, and really, I think what this should be saying is Jeremy Renner returns to start as Hawk Guy, teaming up with uh, well-known archer from Marvel Comics, Kate Bishop, played by the amazing Haley Steinfeld. Additional cast include Vera Farmiga, Fra Free, and newcomer Alakwa Cox as Maya Lopez. And a dog. Um, and a dog, with episodes directed by Reese Thomas and directing duo Bert and Bertie. Um, that's coming to Disney Plus. No date attached there yet, given the timeline of the others. I'd imagine probably first two or three months of 2022. Yeah, that's what I was good, thinking. It would be a good bet. It's filming at the moment. Um, yep. This is one that feels like it could kind of exist on its own because, you know, the logo, the 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 set pictures that have been shot, the fact, you know, <laughs> that there's a dog in it, that they're shooting in a... <laughs> They're shooting on a Brooklyn block. Brooklyn block seems like it is going to be very inspired by the um, Matt Fraction uh, comic series, and I say the Fraction comic series because I can't imagine they're going to do the that the IRR is going to um, no. it's going to translate particularly <laughs> well. So it's the Fraction elements that I expect to see making their way over to this one. Um, so I'm extremely excited to see Haley Steinfeld because she was great in Bumblebee. Um, Haley Steinfeld's kind of great in everything. I just wish yeah, she, yeah. I just wish she acted all of the time rather than <laughs> having a kind of naff pop career. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> maybe she's a good pop star. I don't I don't know. But um, I'm, I'm so obviously she broke through in True Grit, which um, she, she was incredible in as a child actress. Um, I like her in Bumblebee, which is a bad and boring movie. Um, yeah. <laughs> she just... is. She's phenomenal in the Edge of Seventeen. She's charming in the Pish Perfect sequels, um, even if she doesn't get a lot to do. Um, she's good. I like her. She, I think she's a, a really great choice for Kate Bishop as well. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I hope she goes in goes on to star in many Marvel movies, including the inevitable Young Avengers movie. Yes, which which we should point out a lot of a lot of this feels like it's going in that direction, doesn't it? You know, right? We, we talk. We talked about it coming out of the last phase of the MCU. Yeah, that was work. mad, wasn't it? What the what the fuck were we thinking? Well, no, because they because they kept being these kind of they rumors. They kept teasing about, it. They kept teasing it. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're thinking about introducing this character. Thinking about introducing that character, and they didn't quite get there. Uh, <laughs> but obviously, that wave of characters are now being announced here um in these TV shows, and you know, some of them have been introduced as leads in their own TV shows. You know, you can imagine um, Ms. Marvel, K. 
Kate Bishop, um, Cassie Lang, Cassie Lang, um, Miles Morales potentially, mm-hmm. you know, being part of a uh, being part of a Young Avengers movie that would be great. Um, this show though, James, I don't that they're, they're not going to be able to do the full the full uninhibited fraction Hawkeye because the the character doesn't translate perfectly. And to no. kind of do that, his life would have to be a mess. They could kind of do a thing about his marriage falling apart, I guess, after, you know, it, given that he became kind of like a weird <laughs> a serial weird killer psycho, yeah. in Endgame and that maybe he just couldn't <laughs> go back to his old life. Um, yeah. But I kind of like the idea more of him just being like the semi-retired Avenger who's too old for this shit. He's trying to teach this girl... Look, here's here's what here's how you do it. You can take my mantle, and that people just get keep getting in his way, and it's just this exasperated. Oh, will you just like you know? It's a it's a lethal weapon. Yeah, basically. I mean that's that is exactly what I was going to say. Is that I the way from what we've seen of this, it feels to me a bit like it's going to be Hawkeye being sort of in semi retirement, and you know just trying to get out, and he keeps getting pulled back in. Yeah. And, you know, Which, this kid won't leave him alone, so he has to teach her because that's the only way she's going to stay safe. Yeah. Um, the aforementioned Florence Pugh has been announced as a guest, uh, well, as as she's listed for eight episodes on IMDb. I don't know. That is correct. interesting. Well, I kind of think that she, in, in the comics, there are these comical Russian goons, right? Yeah. Who are, like, trying to take over the block that Hawkeye lives in. Mm-hmm. Um, and also are like involved in various of the the missions that he finds himself on. Um, are they con- are they connected to the side plot with Madame Mask? I can't remember. I it's been so long. I don't think yeah. so because all the Madame Mask stuff happens in LA, doesn't it? Yeah, there is a there's a the, the comic kind of splits off at one point and it becomes like alternate issues. One's um, Clint Barton, one will be Kate Bishop, and it and it comes back together again by the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Kate Bishop side is very tied in with a Madame Mask supervillain plot. She's unlikely to turn up here, given that she was in the uh, Agent Carter season two, which I think is in canon. It is in canon. Yeah, I guess they could do another version of her uh, because they cast Vera Farmiga, but she, and I was like, oh, could she be Madame Mask? And then remembered. Um, and actually, she's playing Kate Bishop's mum. So, okay. um, but I mean, uh, not not to say that she couldn't be the villain and her mum. And I, and I wonder whether Florence Pugh will be, that'll be the way to kind of bring her in the current timeline to the States. Will mm-hmm. be that, that the kind of, the kind of Russian mobster goons that would, that, that, that would, you know, Thinking about them on the page and then thinking about the David Harbour characters that we've seen in the Black Widow trailers, you could imagine there being connective tissue there. So, yeah, I'm, re- I'm really looking forward to this because the, the point I made to you on our chat thread was I think Hawkeye has always... I don't, I don't think they've ever failed when they've set up an, emo- an emotional connection with Hawkeye and another character. Yeah. I think... Any any time he's had that emotional grounding to someone, it's rung really true, and I don't. I, I've always worried about Jeremy Renner as a full on lead, but I don't think he is going to be a full on lead here. It does feel like it's going to be a buddy buddy movie, doesn't it? Yeah, 
and more than more than him being a solo lead. Yes, yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, I, I, you know, I'm just thinking back to when when he's had stuff with the Black Widow stuff always really worked. Um, the Quicksilver stuff in um, in Age of Ultron worked, and the subsequent stuff with Scarlet Witch. I just think he's a character. He's a character that works well when he has that that emotional connection to someone, and I think he's gonna, you know, that, that's that's obviously the setup here. <laughs> so everything about that show, I'm looking forward to. Um, <laughs> let's move on to God. There's just so many things. <laughs> this this is the one that made me laugh out loud, James. <laughs> not the not the project itself, but the project itself sounds great. She-Hulk arrives in the MCU. Tatiana Maslany, despite <laughs> despite those weird comments a couple of months ago, will portray Jennifer Walters. But this is the bit. And Tim Roth returns as uh, the abomination. Just what? What? Um, of all the unexpected uh, moves that they could pull. <laughs> also, Hulk himself, Mark Ruffalo, will appear in the series. That's good. Uh, I always wondered how are they going to be able to do it without him and the fact that they're not. The fact that you get more Hulk, that is great. Just, we get to find out if his arm recovered or not. Just have him wandering in and out of episodes. Don't have him be a big thing. Oh, no, no. Just... I will be surprised if he's even the Hulk when we see him. He's got to be Professor Hulk, right? Well, maybe, but equally, if if he walks off screen and says, hey, I had to change back into Bruce Banner so that you could transfuse my blood, here you go. <laughs> Happy with that. Um, so yeah, directed by, uh, Kat Koiro and Anu Valia, uh, that's coming to Disney Plus. Um, this is the thing I'm most excited for because I love She-Hulk so much. So I'm sure I've said this on the podcast before, but She-Hulk was, before I got into comics, was the one thing that when I read it, read it written down, I was just like, God, a comic's embarrassing. <laughs> She-Hulk, is that- She-Hulk. She is that a real? Is that a real thing to people? She's a Hulk. It's <sighs> listen. It, yeah. It's a bad idea because they created it, as I'm sure you remember. Yeah. Purely to stop anyone else doing the female Hulk. Yeah. They were like, "We need to lock down the trademark immediately. Let's do it." So I hate the name. <laughs> I still think it's dumb, even even after all this time. But I, my brief in cat, I've never read a She Hulk like titled comic but i've mm-hmm. I've, I've had the character pop in and out of stories and i've always gone huh that's pretty fun that she just seems like this weirdly kind of grounded centered intelligent lawyer and that's kind of as pivotal as the fact that she looks like a hulk yeah like the the difference between like so originally she hulk was just female hulk and then when they brought her back, um, they sort of retold the character to be, she was like, the the comic was called Sensational She-Hulk, and that kind of says it, like she was sort of larger than life, you know, confident, funny, like the idea was when she was the Hulk, all of her personality traits got amplified, like, so she wasn't just angry all the time, she was everything all the time, mm. um, to the point where she started just being like, I'm going to be She-Hulk full time, because why not? Um, the character is great, I think. She what, do probably... her comi- what do her stories tend to be about? Is it primarily the lawyering? 
the the I mean it depends on the run, right? The original John Byrne She-Hulk was just like full on wackiness. They just went, this character is ridiculous, so let's put her in ridiculous situations. Like she did the sort of fourth wall breaking thing way before Deadpool did. Like right. Deadpool was not a glint in anyone's eyes when she was doing the fourth wall jokes. Hmm. Um, like literally, I think I can't remember if it's issue one or two. Um, but she's literally like looking at the panel, going like, "Why am I fighting the Frogmen? Like, come on." Um, so that's the kind of thing they do. Uh, when Charles Saul did a run recently, it was a bit more lawyering heavy. Um, that Dan to me feels had... like the way they're gonna go. I mean, I feel like they're going to go to Dan Slot She-Hulk because that sort of marries both elements. Um, you know, having this kind of ridiculous figure in a in a ridiculous world, but also, if you need a lawyer, she's a she's one of the best. So, could you could you see them doing some kind of like Ali McBeal procedural? That would be the dream. My worry is that they go, they start with the original She-Hulk stories, which are Savage She-Hulk, where she's just female Hulk. And they try and do a sort of, you know, Incredible Hulk TV show take on it. I just if they do that, I, I'm going to be disappointed. Yeah, I don't see that. But then the, the fact that it's got Abomination in it worries me. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, I, I, what if she's like a lawyer for like rehabilitating for that, if she's if she's a lawyer for superheroes for supervillains who are trying to get on parole or something yeah so she, that would yeah, be so hilarious she, like having so, the tim roth abomination in the dock so hulk's turned back up and he's like look i, I was able to become you know professor hulk i've got this serum it can sort abomination out it can bring him back to being and she's like oh yeah great because i i he's up for parole next week yeah yeah um that would that would be delightful. Um, Just I, I, my dream, I, my dream version of this is that it's a comedy. If it's not a comedy, I'm going to be very upset. Well, fingers crossed. My, uh, I, I love the Tatiana Maslany casting as well. Um, I, she was really great in Orphan Black before I checked out, just because the plot of the show just became a bit. I couldn't keep up, and I, I, did, <laughs> and I didn't. And that's care. coming from a lost fan. <laughs> But she was, <laughs> but she was like phenomenal in it, yeah. and uh, she was also in uh, the David Gordon Green film Stronger a few years ago, which um, was I, I really liked, and I thought she was great in it as well with Jake Gyllenhaal. So mm-hmm. um, I really liked that casting. Um, interestingly, <laughs> I just googled Tatiana Maslany height. She is apparently five foot four and weighs one hundred nineteen pounds, according to this website. Um, which uh, you know, if you want all of the superstars' measurements, that they're on the internet. I was about to say, um, according to celebrityheights.com. Yeah, superstarsbio.com. Is okay. the, it was the, it's the first result. Um, but you know, she's not. They haven't cast Gina Carano. Um, well, this is know. the thing, right? Because they're going to have to do the the you know motion capture transformation thing on her yeah so it's good that they've cast a strong jennifer walters first and a a she hulk second and i you know i wonder whether she is she hulk straight away could could there be could there be long stretches of the show where she's not maybe don't know don't know um what's my prediction here uh, no my prediction is that yeah she is she is uh representing reformed supervillains who are up for parole 
<laughs> do I have a prediction? Um, my prediction is that uh, Deadpool cameo. Great, love it. Yeah. Um, okay, the next one. <laughs> this sorry, this one also made me laugh. <laughs> Moon Knight, an original series about a complex vigilante. Original. It's coming to it's coming to Disney Plus. Um, so Moonlight, Moon Knight is complex. That's what they're selling us on. Complex. Kind of, yeah, that's one way of, sort of describing it. Kind of feels like um, Marvel haven't figured it out yet either, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> they're like, we know we're doing it. We we don't know what it's going to be about. Maybe, I'm trying to think what, if I was doing a Moonlight series, what would I make it about? So I'd probably should, make should... it about like religious extremism because that's his, that's his gimmick, right? He worships, uh, worships an ancient Egyptian god. So the rumours that were percolating for Moon Knight, and I'm not sure whether these were inaccurate, given that nothing was announced at uh, at the event, uh, were that Oscar Isaac was in line to play Moon Knight, mm. which obviously Oscar Isaac's a great actor, um, but I. I I'm surprised that he would be like rushing back to playing another Marvel character with Egyptian links. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, yeah. considering how badly Apocalypse went, also whether you know coming out of Star Wars, where I you know I would argue that his his character got kind of badly served, probably wasn't the most interesting three films for him to be involved in. Whether he yeah, I think be. that's a popular view, right? Yeah, whether he'd want to be getting involved in a project like this again. The 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 other rumours were that it was um, that the the premise of the series was going to be exploring a a superhero character with mental health issues. Now you would you would like to hope that it would do that uh, <laughs> sensitively, sen- sensitively and intelligently, rather than I don't know the cliche of what that could be. <laughs> Like yeah. an, another Batman villain, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I, 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 you know, I, I, so what? Well, I, I wouldn't expect another Legion, but uh, maybe, maybe something closer to that, at least in terms of the character's psyche. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, it, what, what do I predict for Moon Knight? I kind of predict it's going to be a bit crap. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't sound like it's got a, a a great hook, other than he's complex. Um, and I don't really trust a Disney Plus MCU TV show to explore mental health. Yeah, it, I think it, my... true. To, true to that complex um, tagline. My prediction is that uh nick fury turns up and declines to recruit him for the avengers because he's not stable enough <laughs> or you think you're watching a superhero story and actually you're watching a super villain i don't know i don't know maybe a... maybe you think you're watching a superhero story but you're actually watching uh some fantasist imagining that. i don't know i i don't know we don't know enough about the show to make any predictions no uh so Moon Knight is is still on the uh, still on the slate. Uh, the next one, so we, it had already been reported that Samuel L. Jackson was returning as Nick Fury for a show. I think we thought it was going to be a Nick Fury show. Um, he's actually going to be returning alongside Ben Mendelsohn as Talos from uh, Captain Marvel, and of course uh, Spider Man 
far from home. Um, <laughs> and uh, the two of them will be returning in Secret Invasion, coming to Disney+. Plus. Very happy with that. So Secret Invasion was a big old crossover, right? Yeah. I mean, it was a sort of weird crossover because it, it paid off a kind of long storyline about certain characters in the MCU had been replaced by scrolls and, you know, had maybe been scrolls for years and years and years. Um, I'm not sure they can do that in the TV show, so I'm sort of wondering how they're going to make well, well, that Were the, were the scrolls the villains in that series? In that series? Yeah, the, so the scrolls, Galactus ate the scroll homeworld uh, like 10, 15 uh, years and years ago even, a long time ago. Um, it's hard to say how long ago in Marvel time, but the idea was Galactus ate their homeworld, so they were secretly replacing superheroes on Earth to stage a coup and take over Earth to be the new Skrull homeworld. Yeah. My theory for this one is that the secret invasion is going to be Kree slash Chitauri, and that rather than having Skrulls hiding on Earth, it's going to be like the the remnants of Thanos's invading force that are left behind on earth or and and I would also expect that Lee Pace returns for this uh given that there is that kind of moment at the end of Captain Marvel 2 isn't there where it's like hmm well that's that for now <laughs> I guess he's dead in continuity technically is he who knows who cares yeah he got blown up by the guardians yeah but my, my, my guess is, you know, you can't really have the scrolls as the villains. Unless it is more Men in Black style. The secret invasion is, we've got all of these kind of comedy scrolls hidden around the world. <laughs> who are just kind of living in plain sight. Um, I can I can sort of imagine, like, a bunch of scrolls being like, well, we've already got tons on Earth. So let's, uh, let's set up shop there. And Ben Mendelsohn scroll being like a sort of more peaceful, integrated version of that. Maybe. Um, so, who's going to get revealed to be a scroll? That's the question, isn't it? Um, <laughs> ooh, who's who's big enough to be interesting, but small who's, enough that they can lose them? Who's not, a, or, or certainly who's not a human that we think is a human? <sighs> Maria Hill. I mean, yeah, Maria Hill would be the that would be about as big as they could reasonably lose i think um it would not surprise me if they introduced someone for that series who then turned out to be a scroll yeah that'll happen or someone that has been introduced in another mcu series who turns out to be a scroll yeah maybe they bring back you know one of the people from shield who was in hydra or whatever i don't know yeah Okay, so that's Secret Invasion. Next, um, this is something that I was really surprised about. I just didn't think it would be happening. or certainly not happening this fast. Coming to Disney+, Plus, Dominique Thorne is genius inventor Riri Williams in Ironheart, an original series about the creator of the most advanced suit of armor since Iron Man. That is uh, a surprise. I've not even read an Ironheart comic. No, that's how I, new Ironheart is. I remember... It launched kind of at the point where I was kind of phasing out reading a lot of Marvel um, during, you know, the run of our podcast within the last two or three years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I I remember thinking, I like I like the fact that they're doing that with that character. Um, you know, gi- giving the Iron Man mantle to a teenage black girl. But 
I didn't it, it didn't sound like something that was for me and it didn't get the kind of it didn't get the rave reviews that um that say you know uh, Miss Marvel got yeah, so I, I mean, so I don't, I, I I don't think she's part of an ongoing series at the moment. Um, certainly, she don't has, doesn't have her own ongoing series at the moment. But I think what it did get was headlines at the yeah. time because it was it was part of this wave of characters and that you know who were and, and Marvel was going through this where you know a lot of the traditional you know there was there was um, Jane Foster Thor, there was Sam Wilson as Captain America, um, <laughs> Riri Williams as Iron Man, and um and it 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 made it made waves outside of the comics press because iron man was the you know the big character yeah at, you know for everyone who's not a comics reader so it's kind of it's it's surprising and interesting i always kind of thought because it didn't feel like that the character had massively caught on beyond that that there would be a riff on it in the mcu but it would be a Shuri, or it would be a character we knew already taking over the mantle of Iron Man at some point. Mm-hmm. But it's it's going to be it's going to be Riri Williams in a in an Ironheart TV show, which is interesting. Yeah, I mean, if I'm honest, like if I was not going to watch one of the shows, it would be this one because I don't the character's not been around long enough for me to develop any sort of relationship with them. Um. You know, but it's his, kind of like when they announce the a runaway show. I'm just like, that's fine. I don't really care about runaways. I'm not going to watch it. That's the, that's the closest this comes. Here's the thing, though, James. You would have to imagine that this show is going to be closely tied into the next one that was announced, which is Don Cheadle returns as James Rhodes, <laughs> aka War Machine, right. in Armor Wars, an original Finally. series coming to Disney Plus. A classic Marvel story about Tony Stark's worst fear coming true. What happens when his tech falls into the wrong hands? Fact, so, yes. Tony Stark's tech has fallen into the wrong hands. Another character has just invented the most advanced suit of armor since Iron Man. I wonder whether she might be relevant in that follow-up series yeah, as well. Yeah, quite. <laughs> and you kind of think that Riri Williams is to um, is to War Machine what Kate Bishop is to Hawkeye. I hope so. If that is true, I'll be very happy. No one was happier than me seeing, well, maybe Don Cheadle, but seeing this announcement. I've wanted this for so long. <laughs> and you know, Arm- War Machine, Arm- War Machine Wars is, is a- like if Iron Man was cool. <laughs> Armor Wars is a story that people care about, right? In the comics? Yeah, so in the comics, Armor Wars was uh, like... Tony Stark realizing that all these villains had Stark tech sort of weapons and costumes and basically going like, I don't care who it is, hero or villain, no one else is using Iron Man stuff except me. So he goes out and starts shutting everyone down and like a bunch of heroes are like, Kind of Iron Man 2 premise-ish? Yeah, yeah, similar to that. And like, you know, basically he's going, I want my stuff back and... Some people, for example, James Rhodes, are going like, you can't just, you know, you can't be robbing people who have got your stuff. Like, some of them bought it legitimately. Like, you know, there has to be, there has to be some governance here. Hmm. It's just Tony Stark doing his thing of going off half-cocked, thinking he's in the right all the time. Um, And it puts him at odds with all of his allies, including War Machine. So the interesting spin now is that it's going to be... James Rhodes doing that sort of 
in place of Tony Stark. Mm, presumably. Um, and you can totally imagine, you know, Tony Stark is dead. The, the, the company has been split up or sold off or whatever. And, you know, James Rhodes is going like, well, Tony wouldn't want this. I'm going to protect his legacy. I'm gonna and we, and we get know he's stuff. got disgruntled employees. For sure. employees. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, again, I like the idea of giving an epilogue to those supporting characters in kind of the same way I'm looking forward to Falcon and Winter Soldier. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to, you know, what is James Rhodes when Iron Man's not around? What, what was he when he was? He was the cool version of... <laughs> did you, He was Iron Man, but with guns. <laughs> with a big shoulder cannon. Yeah. Yeah. Lame. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like Don Cheadle. I just know that character is never really excited just... me. But I know he excites you, James, so that's fine. He My does. prediction for this is very simple. Justin Hammer. Yeah, I'm fully with you on that one. Justin Hammer's definitely turning up in this. And I don't, I, I don't know what they have to do to convince Sam Rockwell to come back. Maybe you tell him that Sam Rock, uh, that Justin Hammer is now a reformed Nazi. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, your your character is racist. Yeah, he he's he's a he's a racist with a heart of gold. Do you want to do you want to be that guy? <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, so that, that's how I think you get Sam Rockwell back. Uh, the next project <laughs> is the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. James Gunn is back to write and direct. The original special is coming to Disney Plus in 2022. This is as close to like masturbating as I've ever seen on TV. I just... I, like. When I think of what this could be, I think of the end credits of Guardians of the Galaxy 2, and I think of that music video they did with David Hasselhoff, and I just, I don't want it. This is the one, <laughs> this is the one Marvel thing that I just don't want. Yeah. And this I is, don't know. I think this maybe... is going to be the first Guardians thing we're going to get, <sighs> right? Pre- presumably since Volume 2. I would say maybe if you're the sort of person who finds the Star Wars holiday special hilarious, if you still love robot chicken after 15 years, this is going to be for you. I would rather, I, um, checked I would rather out James already. Gunn is is going and doing the the Star Wars holiday special, you know, right? like like a, a sequel to that with the with the oh, I don't know. I don't, is there a way to make this work? Yeah, like if they do a legitimately serious like 30 minute. What does Star-Lord do at Christmas? How does he teach the Guardians about Christmas? I It could maybe work. But the inherent I think... premise, though, is kind of like it's... With any show or format, anything that kind of... any any Anything that attempts to do this kind of thing, this kind of jokey knowing, like... And you know, I'm gonna gonna assume, given the Star Wars link, it's gonna be it's gonna have that slight like variety show feel to it. Yeah, right. It's, it's gonna it's have a, songs, a, sketches. At best, at best, its chance of success of fifty fifty. Right. Like I, I, you know, I mean, because this is Chris Pratt. That you know, immediately the Johnny Karate episode of the final series of Parts and Rec comes to mind. And I love Chris Pratt in Parts and Rec. I love Parts and Rec. I always thought the idea of Johnny Karate was really funny. And then they did a full episode of it, and I was like, "Fucking hell, this is awful." <laughs> I, I think it's one of it's one of the worst episodes of Parts and Rec, and I include the first season in that. It just doesn't. It. I mean, it might work for some people. It just doesn't work for me. And 
Yeah, I guess I, I guess as well. But the, the flip side of that is, and again, you know, this worked for some people, didn't work for others, is John Mulaney and the Sack Lunch Bunch, which I thought kind of really, like, 70, 80% of the time last year really did work. And I think that's coming back you know, again this year. And... I watched Sack Lunch Bunch and I just sat there so confused for half an hour. Or was it an hour even? <laughs> I just didn't know what the fuck I was seeing. I was like, is this a joke? Is it not a joke? What is this referencing? I had nothing to go on. Yeah. I've never been more confused by an hour of television. So, I mean, I can ass- I, I think we can assume that's Christmas 2022, so the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. But stay tuned, because there is going to be lots of other Guardians content. Uh, everyone's favourite little tree, Baby Groot, will star in a series of shorts on Disney+, Plus, featuring several new and unusual characters. I Am Groot, an original series from Marvel Studios, is coming to Disney+. Plus. The, so it's, so- a series, it's a series of shorts with Baby Groot. If it if it is anything like Forky asked a question, great. Because <laughs> Forky, Forky asked a question was was good. I just think with both the previous Guardians, with the holiday special and this, they just feel like jokes that are already old and they haven't even happened yet. Yeah. I'm just like, just move on. No one gives a shit about Baby Groot anymore. Baby Yoda came along and took all of the attention. Right? I mean, when Baby Yoda turned up, I was just like, oh, they're doing a baby Groot for Star Wars, and that is fine. <laughs> they're doing you a don't baby... need two of them. <laughs> they're doing a baby Groot that looks like Gizmo. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, that's the... they're doing the Guardians of the Galaxy in Star Wars. They're doing Star Wars and Guardians of the Galaxy. It's like, we get it. They're similar. It's fine. Anyway, I hope I hope it's pitched at kids. That's that's what I hope for the yeah. for, for I Am Groot. It's not going to stop 36-year-olds with a chip on their shoulder watching it, but... Okay. Uh, we move back to the big screen. Academy Award winning actor Christian Bale will join the cast of Thor, Love and Thunder as the villain Gore the God Butcher. Gore the in, God Butcher, yeah. In theatres, May 6th, 2022. Um, if theatres still exist. Not announced here, but it was rumoured recently that, um, I think, or even reported on recently that Chris Pratt would be in this. Um, which um, I think, you know, at the, at the time, you know, at the coming off of Endgame, it seemed likely that Chris Pratt would be in it in some capacity. But then you thought, oh, actually, if they're not if they're not doing Guardians when they thought they were going to do Guardians, is it going to work out like that? But sounds like Chris Pratt's going to be in it a bit. We obviously know they're doing Jane Foster Thor. We know that we're going to have um, Valkyrie as Queen of Asgard, um, and that it's Taika Waititi back. The addition of christian bale is a is a good one i think in one respect because it's christian bale and he's obviously an amazing actor and the fact that he's playing gore the god butcher makes me think he's going to do his weird welsh cockney accent which is which is would kind of be perfect for a character called gore the god butcher um (laughs) for you (laughs) it's just i'm just imagining him on the on the set you and me we're done professionally (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> oh la di da di da thor <laughs> it's, that, that's great my worry is Ta- taika waititi really didn't balance the the tones in ragnarok he really nailed all of the trash planet stuff sakar he really yeah. he, he got he got all of the comedy stuff right and then when it came to oh he's still doing ragnarok sure I mean, Kate Blanchett did as much as she could to make that character a proper threat. Um, 
but that that side of the movie didn't work for me. So yeah, I wonder what my, he'll do with. My I wonder what he'll is, do with an actor like Bale. Yeah, this is what I was going to say. Like, how do you make Christian Bale funny? That's what I want to know. Intentionally funny. Because um, American Psycho. He's he's. <sighs> He's really fucking intense, and that can be funny. I think yeah. the ba- I think I think the Batman I think the Batman movies have kind of. I mean, he's really funny in the Fighter as Dicky. Like it's tragic, but he's funny. Um, I, I I think you can make Christian Bale funny, and I think you you just really lean into the intensity of him to do it. <laughs> I mean, Gore would be a good character to do that with for sure. So tell me about Gore quickly before we... Uh, He's we like a nihilist who grew up in a world where... Uh, I'm trying to remember what the concept was. Basically, he learns about gods and decides like, no, I don't want any of that, and decides that he's going to be the one to kill them. Which gods are you going to kill? Uh, I mean, who's left? <laughs> I think in the comics, there's some connection to Null, the symbiote god, who's like the god of Venomous Planet. So... Nah, if you want an outside... Uh... That's, not, that's not happening, James. <laughs> <laughs> Is it the Clintarians, maybe? If you want, an, if you want like an outside, a world prediction for Thor, Love and Thunder, it will be that the symbiotes appear in it. Not Venom, but the symbiotes. Okay. My prediction is that he um, he butchers Beta Bill. <laughs> <laughs> and eats whole steaks for dinner. <laughs> yeah, I would not be surprised to see Beta Bill in that movie. Oh, I hope so. Right, so that is that's Thor, Love and Thunder. Uh, nothing we can really say about this next one. It's just confirmation of what we've already known. Uh, coming from Marvel Studios, Blade, a new feature film starring Mahershala Ali in the title role. Was it known that it was a film? I thought last time we just got the word Blade and we didn't know whether it was a film or a TV yeah, show. Yeah, maybe. I, ju- I just... I've. I've assumed, given that it's Blade and it's that actor, that it was going to be a movie. It was never a TV show in my mind anyway, but yeah, yeah sure. I mean, good that it's a film. Looking forward to it. Our Blade 3 podcast will be out soon. Ah, oh, wait, can I go back and retrospectively make my prediction that Wesley Snipes' Blade is going to turn up in a multiverse somewhere? Go for it. No, I'm going to save that for Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, the next piece of news, this is good. Um, Peyton Reed is back to direct the third Ant-Man film, which, you know, wasn't guaranteed. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer all return. Catherine Newton joins the cast as another Cassie Lang. Third jo- Cassie Lang. Yeah, and Jonathan Majors joins as Kang the Conqueror. Um, so, first one, Ant- Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Um, Bad title. T- Bad t- title. T- t- Titles don't matter anymore when you are primarily focused on people finding your thing in a streaming service. <laughs> how, are you gonna, how are you going to Google Quantumania? Doesn't matter. Ant-Man you can't 3. even spell it. Ant-Man 3, they're S- D- Disney Plus's SEO is going to be off the fucking chart. <laughs> <laughs> if you Google Quantum Anything, it's going to be Ant-Man 3, top of the list. <laughs> it does... It- it does make me wonder with a lot of these titles because Quantumania is not the first nutty title from the MCU in Phase 3. Um, Birds of Prey had to retitle itself whilst it was in the middle of its, <laughs> it was in in, in the middle of its run in cinemas this year. So, <laughs> to put um, Harley Quinn at the start so that when you Google the Harley Quinn movie yeah. it comes up. I guess they've got that right. Yeah, they've Ant-Man got, is first. Ant-Man first. It's Thor, then Love and Thunder. It's Doctor Strange, and then in the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, I agree. It's kind of a bad title, but it's it's also goofy and it's fun. Um, I'm glad that they're making this. I'm glad that Peyton Reed is back to direct. I'm looking forward to seeing Paul Rudd back on screen. And there will be other characters in that film too. <laughs> I, I like all that cast. I hope Michelle Pfeiffer gets a lot more to do because I've watched a, uh, I've watched a few Michelle Pfeiffer films in lockdown this year and uh, just a nice reminder of what a fucking incredibly talented actress she was um, and just hasn't really had the opportunity to be for quite a while. Um, and then Catherine Newton's joining the cast as Cassie Lang. Um an odd one this given that this is the franchise that um did not want to show as a close-up of a photo of um janet van dyne in the first ant-man movie so yeah, that they in case could, they recast so that they could cast her correctly in the second one um we had paul rudd's emotional reunion you know reunion re- with his daughter reunion with his daughter in endgame who I don't, based on the age of those actresses, I can't think that this is another aging thing. Unless they make a gag of it with, like, I don't know, some fucking with the quantum realm meant that his daughter changed, but that would be kind of gross. I think this is just a recasting thing where they've just gone, we actually have big plans for this character. We want a more famous actress. Catherine Newton is one of these stars on the rise. Um, If anyone doesn't know her, she was in. Well, the, the things that I've seen her in, she was in Blockers, uh, she was in um, Detective Pikachu, and she is in Freaky with Vince Vaughn, which is getting really great reviews, um, the body swap serial killer movie. Um, so yeah, I think they've just gone star on the rise, let's get her in there. So Yeah, it seems pretty certain to me based on that, that she's going to be, I mean, the character has got stature. I can't imagine they're going to be using the superhero name statue, but she will be changing sizes in this movie. Guaranteed. Yes. Yeah, definitely. She is another step on the path to Young Avengers. And what what I do like about this, which I, I you know, and I <laughs> will just allude to a piece of news that we're about to talk about in a second, but without referencing it directly. What I like about this is that Peyton Reed has always had uh, an idea. A, a take he was going to be directing a superhero movie many years ago about a certain superhero family um he's evidently not going to be able to make that film um mm. i like here that we have got three generations of a family who are all superheroes who can all potentially team up and fight so i i i like the idea that and, and also that this is Ant-Man and the Wasp, colon, Quantumania, that that wasn't just a gimmick for the second one. I still think it should have been Ant-Man and the Wasps, um, but <laughs> they've, they've missed their chance there. And and like I said before, my real hope for this movie is that Jonathan Major's Kang the Conqueror isn't a goofy version or a throwaway version of that villain. I hope he is every bit the threat that he could possibly be. And the gag of Ant-Man 3 is... What if the what if the smallest heroes in the MCU have to take down the biggest threat? Yeah, I mean, it will be good. What I'm what I'm sort of hoping is that this is a kind of Loki and Thor situation where they introduce the villain in one film, make him as good as they can, and then say, and then he's going to fight the Avengers because now he knows they exist and he's pissed off. That would be my hope for for where they're taking Kang. Yeah. Yeah, that would be fun. That's my mad prediction for Ant-Man and the Wasps. 
Um, I'm trying to think. Do I have a do I have a mad prediction for that? Um, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave you with that one. I mean, I mean, yeah, my no, my my mad prediction is just that Kang is is every bit the badass you want him to be. Sure. Okay. Uh, the next one is Black Panther two will be opening July eighth, twenty twenty two. Is being written and directed by Ryan Coogler. Honouring Chadwick Boseman's legacy and portrayal of T'Challa, Marvel will not recast the character, but will explore the world of Wakanda and the rich characters introduced in the first film. I mean, so, this is an interesting way to take it. I think it's the. I think everyone seems to agree it's the right thing to do. Yeah, you absolutely. know, from from a real, you know, from a real world context in terms of honouring Chadwick Boseman. Um, I don't. I think Ryan Coogler obviously had a different sequel in mind that he thought he was going to be making. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the fact that it has a July 2022 release date makes me think that they have probably retooled that script rather than starting from the ground up. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because he when, when Chadwick Boseman died, he was like, oh, I've been writing this film for him and he's never going to be in it. It's like... Yeah. He clearly didn't know, and yet they're still rushing the film out in two years' time? Like, I don't know. Part of me wonders, like, did they just hit upon a really good idea, and he was really passionate about it, and he was like, no, I'm doing this. Because they could easily have said, like, listen, take all the time you need to figure out what what you're doing instead. And as it is, they're going like, no, let's go straight straight into it. Yeah, because they said in the first place, right, right, that they weren't rushing to make a sequel because they would wait for Ryan Coogler. Yeah. Um... And evidently, that's what they're going to continue to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I, I can't begin to imagine what the plot of that movie is, how it works without Chadwick Boseman. My prediction here is that um, Michael B. Jordan is back. That, I mean, that would be one way of doing it. Certainly, it would be a I don't, good way I, of doing it. I don't think as necessarily as the hero. As, as the Black Panther replacement, but I think in some capacity. And I, you know, and I think that would be, I think that would work as a way of honouring the legacy. <laughs> I mean... Honor, I think as, uh, in terms of honouring the legacy of the character, showing the, the, the villain from the first movie kind of understanding the, um, the ideological argument that the, that the hero of the first movie had made would be... Yeah, I mean, the... One of the Black Panther like qualities is that he's the king of the dead, right? So he sort of straddles the line between this world and the next. Yeah. And you can sort of imagine them saying like, you know, we'll have Shuri use the herb to become a superhero. When she goes to commune with the afterlife, there's Michael B. Jordan's Killmonger. And they have a conversation about what to challenge to them. And yeah, you know, that sort of legacy, that... That totally fits in, doesn't feel forced, and would be a, a smart way of bringing back that character that people really yeah. connected with from the first movie. So, and it is, you know, it kind of the the the, the entire law of that first film mm-hmm. al- allows for another character to be a hero without replacing T'Challa. Yeah, I mean, the thing that the thing that I question is how do you how do you give T'Challa a death that works? like emotionally i mean do they just open the movie with his funeral and say you know leave it up to you how he died 
or or it's happened a couple of years ago or yeah just it's going to be tough what i what i hope they don't do is have some like ludicrous cgi battle where they show you know yeah, black I, panther dying i can't I imagine just, they will but no and I, and i don't think that they will i don't think you will see chadwick boseman in there they're no. not they're not going to digitally recreate in that the the best i can imagine is like a, a cut scene from a previous movie from like a deleted scene from the first movie being used or something yeah or or a flashback to a scene it's just tough like, isn't it because like it's, the, it's really difficult it's the ability really difficult. the ability that people have now like you can de-age actors it gets to the point where you're like well we don't need them here and so you have this weird responsibility of like how do we how do we tell a story about this guy about this character without overstepping the sort of moral boundary we have have you ever seen that video on the internet about um i think it's a korean woman being put in a vr world with a recreation of a dead child oh right fuck me the idea that hollywood studios have that power uh, is upsetting to me yeah i i just i don't think we're gonna have any any of those kind of problems here um it seems like they are yeah yeah (laughs) They're putting their seems like they've got their head screwed on straight. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But equally, I don't. May that continue? Yeah. And and I I think you know it's the right thing to do for them to continue that franchise as well. Mm -hmm. Um. Okay. The next one I thought was the the one that was the the most creatively disappointing. It also happens to be the last one. John Watts will direct the first the new feature film for Marvel's first family, Fantastic Four, and we got a Fantastic Four logo, uh, in in GIF form. Um, John Watts. John <sighs> speech marks exists. Watts. I know we joke about him not existing. But, <laughs> we um, do, and I, we'll I, continue to. <laughs> I mentioned Cop Car earlier, which was the the feature that he directed before. Yeah, have um, you seen it? Yeah, I've never seen it. I have. Yeah, I have. It's and it's it's <laughs> it's it's okay. In fact, it's it's between okay and pretty good. Okay. Um, I prefer I prefer it to both of his Spider Man movies. Um, I just haven't seen anything in those two Spider-Man movies that makes me think this is the guy to give the keys to the kingdom to. Other than, other than, is he just such a safe pair of hands that that kind of does what Feige needs him to do? Right, that's just... that's what I get from the Spider-Man films is that he will do whatever the fuck that guy is told. But for fan- but for Fantastic Four, I mean, th- this is the project that we've been excited about Marvel doing for ages, and now you know maybe maybe the 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 Feige influence will be strong enough, uh, or, or you know, sorry, that the the creative direction that Marvel Studios wants to take with Fantastic Four will be, you know, a good enough choice that having you know kind of a safe pair of hands on the directing there will be fine but you know it doesn't it doesn't give me hope that we're going to get a film that people go like oh holy shit like we did for black panther you know yeah right i completely agree that's it exactly just, how i feel is it that, just like... feels like something that you can probably pencil in is going to be your like eighth to 15th favorite mcu movie but that... <laughs> <laughs> i don't know <laughs> that's the thing with the spider-man films isn't it like those films are fine they're funny they have good character work like you know 
reasonably good plots, but they're not. They don't grab you and shake you and go like, "Fucking, this is what Spider-Man could be." They just go, "Here's an MCU film, and Spider-Man's kicking around in there." Yeah, that's uh, it. They feel more. They feel like MCU movies first, and Spider-Man movies second. Yeah, like they're not the Raimi movies, and they don't. They don't feel visually distinctive in any way. Um, I, I I think they, for me, they glide by on the charisma of tom holland yeah absolutely like the the scripts aren't strong the direction isn't strong i just just want it it doesn't seem like he's the guy does it i wanted i wanted more for fantastic four and i also wanted peyton reed you know give it they they had a guy (laughs) they had a guy in house i don't know i mean off the back of Ant-Man 2, I don't feel like I'd give that to him either, but... I think, you know. I, I, on, honestly, I think I think Ant-Man... Ant-Man 2 has some of the best action in the MCU. It just happens to be very different action to the rest of the stuff. I mean, the, co- the choreography of that action um, and the, 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 the kind of design of those set pieces, especially in the second one around the... Um, the streets in san francisco you know that it, it, it has it has a logic to it that i i certainly haven't taken from a from a spider-man movie i don't know um, i think everything in ant-man 2 that i enjoyed was done better in ant-man 1 i think so it's tough well anyway i i peyton reed had an idea years ago he <laughs> want he was he was gonna direct a fantastic four movie it felt like oh holy shit it's come all the way back around they've got it and then you know i don't i don't think that John, I think this is going to be the movie that John Watts directs after Spider-Man Three. Mm-hmm. I don't think it, this is a case of he's going to be not doing that so he can do Fantastic Four. So Peyton Reed could have done it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the annoying thing. Um, but hey, maybe he didn't want to. Maybe he was like, "Look, that was that was an idea I had a long time ago. I've moved on." And maybe what they've got there is the perfect creative consultant in Peyton Reed. Who, yeah. I don't know. Maybe you can write the script. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Uh, I mean, on a on a macro level, I'm looking forward to seeing it because, you know, we have yet to see a, a Fantastic Four movie that properly captures the appeal of those characters at their peak. Although, having rewatched them, that first one is not actually that bad. It's not good either. <laughs> it's not good, but it's, it, you know. Yeah. It's got its charm in yeah. places. <laughs> Um, prediction for this one? God. Ooh, I, mean, I mean, who knows, by the way, who knows when this is turning up? <laughs> you yeah, know, right. there, 2023 earliest, I reckon. There could be, there could be other MCU movies not yet announced that are released before this. Yeah. I think my prediction for this, uh, it's gotta be Doctor Doom as the villain, right? But is that really a prediction? My prediction is Galactus post credit scene. <laughs> Actual proper Galactus, but I don't know. What I tell you what I would like to see is them to do a version of the Fantastic Four that has Franklin and Valeria in it. Like Yes. Do yeah. them already a family with kids, like proper not the allegorical family, the actual family. Well both, right? <laughs> yeah, let's say uh, yeah, that that would be lovely, wouldn't it? Just to just to have the Mirai fully formed. Yeah, have have some superheroes who are parents with, you know, in a in a relationship. 
um, and to have the extended family around them. That's what I'd like to see. That's yeah. my mad and prediction. It, that they finally put Franklin Richards on screen. And my prediction is that they are they are not from this this timeline universe. Yeah. yeah, they're not from this universe. Plausible. Um, and oh, and you know what? Let let me throw in there. I think that we'll get some Secret Wars silliness in their introduction. <laughs> you know, there's going to be like I don't know, Molecule Man or whatever the fuck he was called, and the Monitor, and yeah. <laughs> what from DC? No, who who am I talking about? What was <laughs> what was Evil Reed Richards called? <laughs> evil Reed Richards. Yeah, oh, the, uh, the Maker. The Maker. Yeah, that was. There yeah. we go. Yeah. I don't know some some of that Secret Wars nonsense. Sure. <laughs> what? Uh, maybe um, maybe Franklin made this world. Hmm. That'd be fun. Um, okay, James, I'm going to hand over to you now because uh, we've we've finished the Disney Plus thread. We need to wrap this up by uh, just quickly talking about the one that wasn't announced here because it's technically Sony's to announce. Yeah. So this sort of news has been leaking out over the course of about, <laughs> like like we said, the week before the Disney investor announcement. Um. So we already knew that Electro was coming back for the next Spider-Man movie, which raised a lot of questions, confusing questions. Spider-Man, uh, man of many homes. Yeah, we had a bunch of theories uh, and it seems like what we're getting is going to be a Spider-Verse movie in some capacity because mm-hmm. the announcement was made that Alfred Molina is reprising his role as Doctor Octopus in the movie. And that was closely followed by rumours that Emma Stone and Kirsten Dunst had signed up. Um, Apparently, Andrew Garfield is in. Tobey Maguire is still being, uh, let's say, sounded out for negotiations. (laughs) Um, And someone was even claiming that Charlie Cox was going to be in there as Daredevil. As as Spidey's lawyer. As Spider-Man's lawyer, yeah. I mean, combine that with J.K. Simmons being in it, um, as per the post-credit scene from the last Spider-Man movie. I don't know. It feels like an exciting time to be a Spider-Man fan, <laughs> but also I, a confusing one. Well, I, I I'm gonna go out here and potentially leave myself such stupid. I buy all of it. I I believe all of the rumors. I think they're all gonna be in it. Yeah, me too. Um, I think we are gonna. I, I mean, I I don't know how it's gonna work. Whether it's gonna be a villain from our universe or another universe that kicks it all off. But I think the 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 obvious leap to make is that J.K. Simmons is not J. Jonah Jameson from our universe. Is that that is literally the that's literally the J. Jonah Jameson from the Raimi verse, mm-hmm. who has somehow found his way into this universe. Yeah. That's something. That's something that we'll find out early. It would make sense that if Spider-Man has had his identity outed or, you know... Does he literally get his identity outed at the end of... Or is it just... Is it just that... No, he does, doesn't he? He does. I think he does. I can't remember. Who cares? Um, I think I think there is going to be some kind of, like, legal complaint against Spider-Man. And I believe that Charlie Cox will play Daredevil as his lawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, that that rumour, it was that, that Grace Randolph person, right? The, yeah. The kind of movie nerd. Uh, she's kind of like a Jeff Snyder type. 
Um, <laughs> Occasionally uh, she, correct. She she was saying that um, it was going to be between her and she, him and She-Hulk, which I believe, you know, I think it would make sense to bring back Charlie Cox playing Matt Murdock as a lawyer as a nice little Easter egg and potentially leave the door open. Yeah. Um, I believe that if you're bringing back Electro and Doc Ock, that you are probably very much leaving it open to have cameos for those other characters at least. Um, I read all the Spider-Verse comics and there's that there's that scene at the end where kind of all of the surviving Spider-Men are in are in one place at one time and one of them turns and goes, oh God, isn't this crazy? I saw a guy over there that looks like Tobey Maguire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or it might have been Andrew Garfield. I can't remember. But like there is, there's literally a gag in there that like, yeah, for contractual reasons, we can't show you, but let's, let's just say that there is, <laughs> yeah. that, 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 that those ones are there. Um, and so I don't think this is going to be... I don't think it's going to feel like a repeat of the Miles Morales uh, Spider-Man. Um, no. I think I think it's it's going to be its own thing. What's interesting is um, Michael Keaton is potentially going to be starring in two different movies that are doing this same kind of premise, which is <laughs> uniting all the different versions of a character together in one cohesive movie yeah. twice in the space of like 12 months because he's also slated to reprise his batman role in um in flashpoint yeah um yeah i buy all of it i think we're gonna i think we're gonna see loads and loads of cameos and i i uh you know the the announcement as part of this disney plus stream was um that that um wandavision and doctor strange will tie into this in some way to spider-man in some way and so yeah multiverse do you, do you want uh do you want my mad theory for this movie i would love your mad theory my mad theory is that emma stone is going to be playing the same gwen stacy from the spider-verse movie in a non-animated fashion ah. she's going to use her dimensional jumping powers to to come and visit tom holland and maybe take him on a tour of all the other spider-men and be like hey you have to keep being Spider-Man because look at all these other Spider-Guys. She's going to take them to meet Tommy Maguire and Andrew Garfield and then Mars Morales, who is 100% going to be yeah. in this movie. So I... I don't think that they will... <laughs> I do. I, I don't think that they will have Emma Stone as spider gwen <laughs> i think emma stone will be reprising in some form her her, her dead character in the <laughs> spider-man franchise um i just i just don't think they will waste uh gwen stacy on emma stone and not that emma stone wouldn't play spider gwen well i just think yeah she's that's probably, fair she's she's probably now a bit too old and also probably wouldn't be interested in returning to play spider gwen in multiple movies yeah no okay that's fair so my my prediction is more that this movie introduces Miles Morales, um, but but it's it's going to be a Miles Morales from a different universe, and rather than having rather than having Peter as kind of the mentor to Miles Morales, that he will be introduced as perhaps even a more experienced Spider Man because he's learned from an older Spider Man. Mm. Now maybe maybe he's learned from Maguire's Spider Man. Yeah, that know, that would be a fun way of doing it. It would be yeah. to have uh have Miles Morales be the Spider-Man, the new Spider-Man from the Maguire universe. Yeah. Yeah. I can see I that working. And I also think we will meet an Uncle Ben. 
<laughs> finally. But and not it'll be, not. It will be Tom Hanks over my <laughs> dead body. <laughs> um, I don't think it will be Sheen. Um, obviously, the, the other option is not available. Um, so, <laughs> um, I yeah, I, I think we will. I think we'll get a Peter Uncle Ben moment in that movie, um, and it will be like his Uncle Ben, but in a different universe. I don't know. I mean, Tony Stark was his Uncle Ben, right? Yeah, but he's he's gone. Yeah, cares. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Fuck him. <laughs> it's gonna be hard to go to another universe and be like, "Hey, where's your Iron Man? We could really use an Iron Man." <laughs> Do you have a spare Iron Man? Yeah. So, and it, the, the the plot is gonna have to be something real spider specific. I don't know whether they'll do the Spider-Verse from the comics, which is people hunt, you know, hunting spiders. But that would be fun. And, and you know, if you had a Craven the Hunter who was hunting down Spider-Men across multiple universes, but I guess he's getting his own film, isn't he? So that's unlikely. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Um, I my my hope, in spite of all of this, is that um, it is still a Tobey Maguire Norman Osborn. But I think I think this might have killed it. Uh, but yeah, Norman Osborn as the villain, right? Maybe the ultimate villain. Yeah, I don't think it's. I don't think Electro or Doc Ock are the ultimate villain. I think I they kind of think be... that it's going to be a Sinister Six though. Because you've got an Electro and a Doctor Octopus and a Vulture. I mean, that's half the a team mu- already. Maybe someone's built a multi a multi dimensional Sinister Six. They could bring back the Rhino. No, they couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be absurd. <laughs> oh God! Mind you, if the Abomination can come back, why not bring back Giamatti's Rhino? Right, exactly. And you know, they'll presumably have a Craven cast by then. It's just just a chameleon to go, right? Uh, right, and and Sony surely have to be saying like, if we're doing multiverse, we're gonna put Venom in there as well, and we're gonna right. put Morbius and Craven and do whatever the fuck else we've got by then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> At this point, I mean, Sony is obviously drunk on whatever their <laughs> whatever success they've had has gone to their heads. I really, I really feel like they had a big whiteboard where they were like, "Okay, what were the what were the qualities about Spider Verse that people liked?" And someone at some point they went, "Oh no, multiverses! That's what did it." Yeah, the thing is that there is such there is such an opportunity for nostalgia there, uh, and and you know how <laughs> yeah, many don't get me wrong, I'm fully how many it. how many franchises have three different iterations. Within, within a twenty no, within a twenty year span, where you can feasibly bring them all back. Okay, yeah, fair. It's it, and and that they were all as successful as they were, and they were all like big screen. It's it it's narrow. It's difficult. Um, yeah, I know. God, I know. Amazing Spider Man wasn't creatively successful, but. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you know what? I really, I, I, I would love if, uh, and given Raimi is involved, right? I would love if we got like a scene with a Malkovich vulture. <laughs> Just realize a bit of that. Um, I also hope that we get Dylan Baker's lizard finally. I hope that we, um, I hope that Bruce Campbell is actually the main villain who's orchestrating it all <laughs> as his, as his, um, as his like. There was that. There was a theory, wasn't there, that he was going to be Mysterio? Yeah. 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 Hey, it's going to be fun. It unfortunately is also going to be directed by John Moss. <laughs> <But laughs> it might not be. No one's done three movies yet. 
I think I think it will be. Um, and, it seems you know, likely, th- doesn't it? I think also that we're we're probably talking about summer next, not yet next year, the year after. Summer twenty two for it. I mean, if any, yeah, I think if anything's going to get rushed out, it'll be a Spider Man movie because that's going to be Sony's money and timetable. So they're supposed to be, you know, they're supposed to be every two years. That's the schedule that Sony wants to keep to, yeah. which would would have had its schedule for this coming summer. So I would instead think summer twenty twenty two makes sense. Yeah, I agree. James, we've done it all. We've said it all. <laughs> Disney are making it all. I, for one, welcome our new corporate overlord. Are they paying us for this? No, we're paying them five ninety nine a month, <laughs> and, and it's and it's going to go up. <laughs> It's all right. I can cancel Amazon Prime. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, the Philip K. Dick cinematic universe didn't happen, so. <laughs> um, that's. I mean, and I go back to what I said at the beginning. It it kind of terrifies me, but at the same time, I'm, I guarantee you, I'm going to watch almost everything we've just talked about. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, is there anything? Have we got anything else? Or nah, no. Good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we didn't talk about Hellstrom. We did, we talked about it last time, James. And we, we didn't talk about said, being cancelled. We, I, I'm pretty sure we maybe even did. <laughs> no, no, no. We talked about it being. We were like, oh, that's still in development, I guess. No, no. We were like, it's about to air on TV, but I think we were like pretty much. But it has essentially already been cancelled before it was made. <laughs> I want you to go back and listen to that episode because we definitely talked about it in like, even though it's happening, we were talking about it in the past tense. Right now, it's definitely been cancelled. Yeah. <laughs> apparently, do you know? Apparently, there is still a Modoc and a Hitmonkey cartoon series coming. Yeah, yeah, they're happening. Yeah, quote unquote happening. Ah, uh, so we, we, yeah, we we talked about it all. There's uh, there's no news left to cover. Ever. Until, Mar- <laughs> Until Marvel decides to add in d- double the amount of shows and a Star Wars crossover. And who knows? <laughs> uh, so that is it for this week's show. If you've enjoyed the episode, you can find more and subscribe um, on Acast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Player FM, Overcast, Google Stitcher, or your podcatcher of choice. You can find everything we do at cinematicuniverse.com. You can buy our merch at cinematicu.redbubble.com. And if you want to get in touch, uh, you can do that at Cine underscore verse on Twitter or send us an email to podcast at cinematicuniverse.com. You can also back us on Patreon uh, should you wish. Thanks for listening and we will see you probably in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, soon. Who knows? Stay tuned. It's the the end of a year is coming. You know what that means. Goodbye. (laughs) Bye.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.